You're, you're just such a loot crate whore, Jay. Thing. You're such a loot crate it's whore. It's not Imperial Schools of Honor podcast. I'm Josh Bolin. And I'm Jay Baxter. And we're going to be bullshitting about the formative years of console gaming as we revisit the periodicals we covered it again. We got ourselves into a little sports ball action for this game up, fishing our poorly kept Wilson baseball gloves out of the basement and playing some Tengen's RBI Baseball 2 for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Emulation disclosure, I went a hybrid route. Uh, I was still in the process cool. of editing the last MAGAP when I jumped on eBay, so like essentially right away, <laughs> and ordered the cart for this so I could play on OG hardware. Uh, I was that excited about it. So I did lots of that for one player after like, I did some emulation just fucking around uh, mm-hmm. to start, and then once I got the cart, I played it on, on my NES exclusively with uh, through my NES satellite for fun. Okay. And then we also, yeah, we got a little Parsec PvP showdown as well, so... Lots of lots of a, a range of of consumption methods for this. Uh, Jay, yeah. how did you play when we you and I weren't playing? Yeah, I, I did the stand, standard emulation through my PC with the USB standard NES controller um, through RetroArch, as Word. usual. Please rate and view the podcast. Be part of the ISOH movement and give us validation and self-worth on the podcast platform of choice if you like the shit that we're doing. What are we jamming on now? Jay, what are you jamming on right now? Some shit that's behind you, I assume. What is that? Age yeah, Empire? Some, Age of Empires? Fresh. Yes, sir. You yeah. already know. Age of Empires 3. I mean, have you played this game? So you're familiar with it, yes? No, no. The, I played the very, I think we talked about this. I played the very, I think it was the first one. It might have been two okay. a long time ago, um, you know, late 90s, probably. Was the last yeah. time I played Age of Empires. Yeah, well, so this is a game, Courtney and I used to play it quite a bit when we were first engaged and getting married, because, you know, we had separate PCs, and, you know, at the time, it was a new game. And so we loved it. We would play it a lot. And we really only stopped playing it when, you know, uh, my PC would die, and I got one that didn't have a disk drive anymore, and, you know, we moved, she moved to a Mac, and so we just kind of, Ended up getting an Xbox and just really going console and never really played it again. Um, but knowing that Age of Empires 4 is coming out soon, you know, in a couple months here, is super exciting. And so we've been playing them again now that we have PCs and everything. Zion has her own PC. We introduced her to it. So she's been playing on her PC and she loves uh, so, it. So all like you can play all on a Netplay thing, all of you against each other. That would yeah. be, that's, that's super fucking fun. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. And it's on Game Pass, like two and three. I think maybe even Age of Empires 1, they're all on Game Pass. So like, yeah, as long as you have that, we can play it, and it's it's been a blast, man. I forgot how much fun that is, and how much I'm looking forward to Age Four. So that's cool. <laughs> I, I, I prefer the turn based of Civ over over the real time thing, but it's, really, I, I, oh. I do remember enjoying it. Yeah, now I need to be able to st- fucking strategy, man. <laughs> I'm like I already go with, with my strategy. It's like okay, I got to get villagers. I got to build houses first because I need the population so you can go like farm. Need to build up the economy. You know, I have like a game plan like set from the beginning. Oh, so for sure. I do. When I play Civ, <laughs> I don't like I avoid war just with all my being. Like I, I have zero interest in warfare. I want to build. 
All I do is I just want to build and I want to develop and I want to fucking, you know, the wonders in particular. I want all the wonders. <laughs> you know, culture victory is always my target goal when I'm playing uh, Civ for nice. the most part. And yeah, I mean, the, I, yeah, I'm just all about the like getting all the things. Like I know, you know, I've played it so much too. It, it, that's the worst part about Civ is that, you know, you can, no matter how much they've improved each one, it mm -hmm. gets to a point where, you're just kind of like you know the AI thing. You're just checking a box. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. be, it 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 gets away from like the role play and 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 what it should be in your head, and it gets you just thinking about the numbers. You know what I mean? See, and that's see that's why Age Three has answers to both of those, Josh. First of all, they have treaties. So I always put in a treaty because I want to build too, and I want to get like to the highest civilization and build the wonders and things like that. So I'll put in a treat. Like I like the war as well, but I want to push that off and like build oh, up. Oh, you my can turn it off. So you can just you can just so, set the rules to right. But like I like to just put in a treaty, so it's like you can't fight me for X amount of time, just so I can you know we kind of both advance up to the point where you want to be. You're saying in diplomacy, or that's just like a, a yeah in, in game setting. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. You can just yeah, I mean, you can do yeah, you can do that. Just too, that. of course. I mean, yeah, the, the they have they have very awesome diplomacy. I mean, you know that, that they've done a good job. That's one of the areas, because that's so AI based, of course. Like you know, yeah. and it's still. I mean, there are still, you know, the, and in, in in Civ Six, the way early on in the like game timeline, you always get always get the French leader is always extra fixated on mm. espionage and mm. like and like warning you that people are doing shady shit around you via espionage. You know, she always like, will do the little thing where they just come talk to you and she says some shit about like, so there's so many layers to what's going on right now. You should open your eyes or some shit like that, you know, like, and she's every game, like no matter what she's telling me that it's like, no, if I, if I develop this shit out of my, my, my home, uh, my, my Homeland security to a point where it's not even possible. She's still saying that shit to me. So there's still things, you know, there are things that just, the AI is not perfect by any length, but it it's come a long way for sure since when I first started playing Civ, to say the least. Well, the, one of the other things I like about Age is like you you can set a home civilization, and then there's different decks you can build. So you're and you unlock like I don't know, just these extra in-game improvements and things that just aren't there. To where it gives you an incentive to really keep playing that same civilization and like building them up and expanding and seeing what these new things you Wait, can so you're not You're not one like race or nationality you're, or something? Oh, you, you totally, you choose that every single time. So like I can choose to be like the Japanese because I like how their economy works with rice patties and things like that and the shrines. But then, you know, my home city is like the Portuguese in Lisbon because I, that's the one I'm building out like my further like the deck they call them decks it's almost like you know cards that you get and the more that you do the more that you win the things you say so you're, it, you're, it, you're it, such it, a loot like crate whore Jay way. you're such a loot crate it's whore. not that it's, <laughs> it's not that at all it's just like improvements like where you would have your artillery you know is 20 percent more damage like you find something that like adds another five percent on top of that that you can deploy if you choose it within the game once like it's just like a one-time thing so it's just it's things that get delivered to your home city that normally happen within the game anyway but it gives you just an incentive to 
play that home city over and over because in the background it like improves as you improve playing that as well like you started out if i remember correctly because i haven't done it in the recent playthrough but like your city starts out like much more bare bones like your background cinematic i'm talking about when you're just like preparing is this like bare bones city but then as you build your deck like more things like the dock now has like is built with like concrete and there's like ships in the dock now and things like that happen as you build it up and it's just it's really cool like especially graphically to see you know just even if it's just something it's like at the beginning of the game you know i don't know it's just it seems so much more intricate than like other games that i've played that i'm just like yeah i'm i'm so hyped for age four that age three has been like a big thing for me Sure. No, yeah, like I said, it's been so long since I I can't even imagine the difference. <laughs> just, you know, fucking, the gameplay and the features just right. gotta be just fucking insane how 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 much is uh how much has changed, you know. And then uh yeah, man, another game I've been playing that we actually beat, <laughs> Space Jam, a new legacy. You know, I, I posted on the the Facebook page like some some discets, you know, it was pretty great. Uh but yeah, man, it's a, a lot of fun, like a side scrolling beat 'em up like a la streets of rage typical of the 80s with like a lot of callbacks to the 80s and you know have you watched the, the have you watched the movie yet i have not watched no. no i uh, I, I, I haven't either of course i i one of the uh i think it was the cag cast uh cheap ass gamers podcast let's do they were talking about it they usually they, they're really heavy on movies and tv and shit uh in, in their show and they were talking about it and i guess i mean i know nothing about the movie but apparently the movie is much less first of all it's not in space which, which makes it so really? misleading but, <laughs> yeah and it's much more about like uh it's like about a video game like i think like lebron's kid is like i don't know something it's something to do with like a video game or a video game development or some shit and they were saying that like there's a video game in the movie, you know what I mean? Like there's a like yeah. it's a it's a big part of the movie story is this one specific video game that's in the movie. And they were saying how stupid they thought it was that the video game companion, the game I think you're referencing here, is not that game. <laughs> like it's a completely okay. different, nothing to do with the game. And I was like, yeah, that is dumb. Like why would you not tie those things together? And it's, I'm sure it's just a practicality thing. They probably, who knows, you know, why yeah. why they didn't, but. Uh, that certainly would have been a much smarter marketing tool if it were the thing in the game in the game, you know? Yeah, well, ha me having no knowledge of the movie yet, it's a fun game, you know, fun side-scrolling beat-em-up call calling back to the 80s, 90s, you know, like, why not? So... Are you playing as LeBron? Yeah, you can... Well, you're playing as LeBron, Bugs, um, and I forgot Bonnie Bunny, I think, as, as a female bunny character, I guess it's in the movie, and maybe somebody else. So like me, Zion, and Zeke are all playing together. So I was playing as LeBron, but yeah, you have a ball, you have a basketball, and you do moves with it. But you're, it's definitely a side-scrolling fighter, you know. So hmm. definitely not basketball at all. <laughs> but they reference playing a game like at the end of the at the end of the game. Spoiler alert! But yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, no sweat, Jay. I'm not gonna... <laughs> yeah so th so that and then yeah really just more doom eternal you know finally getting somewhere making progress like I, it's so much fun again like i'm killing hell priests unlocking fun skins and stuff and yeah i'm gonna keep playing that so i, I do have a because you, you, you kill that you kill that hell priest like right is like you know, like the tutorial level almost you know to start the game and that was certainly i mean i posted that cinematic you know they showed you like 
fuck, that was cool. So yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how, or I would be curious. I don't know if I'll ever get there, but I would be curious to see like those cinematics of him fucking just God knows what he does to the next hell priest. <laughs> like ripped I, the head off and like looked at it and threw it in the fire. Like that was so fucking cool. That kind of yeah. stuff is so exciting to see throughout. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm sucked in. The graphics are great. The gameplay, like I'm, I'm, I'm finishing this game one way, no matter how long it takes me for sure. Uh, I like the sound of closure. Um, word, word, word. Anything else? No, nah, man, that's it. What about you? What are you jamming on? Uh, well, we talked about the Doom shit, so I headed. That was like the first thing I did when we got off last time. I headed over to Game Pass uh, after I ordered my RBI baseball cart, anyways, and uh, went to download Doom Eternal. And in doing so, I noticed that Fallout 76 was on there, was on Game Pass. And mm. I have heard just like, I think everyone has, if you even like, and I don't even, I mean, video game, like current gaming news, particularly the stuff about like companies and shit, I don't give a fuck. So I don't pay any attention to that stuff. You know, if I'm not, even if I'm playing a game, like I just, I don't care about, I just don't care about the industry side of it, you know? And I still knew that Fallout 76 was like a fucking dumpster fire of... <laughs> of a release of just like yeah. everything around it PR wise was just like awful. Like no, like just everyone talking shit about it. So I, you know, and like, I'm not going to pay a subscription fee for to play. I'm just not fuck you. I'm not playing that. I'm not going to do that to play a specific game. Go fuck yourself. You know? So like, there's just a million reasons why I hadn't even like thought about engaging fallout 76 yet, despite having a reasonable affinity for the fallout series. Yep. And so like it's on game pass though, totally free. I'll peep out some Fallout shit for totally free, <laughs> no matter how bad the the buzz around it is. So I I download this thing and I realize, you know, I download it and like it just, even though I should have known, it just it didn't occur to me. I downloaded it and I realized I, I needed the Bethesda.net sign in, you know. So I'm like, oh, fine, motherfuckers, fine, you motherfuckers, fine. <laughs> so like, so I try to sign up with my email and it tells me I already had an account which I have no inkling of whatsoever. So after like separate pain in the ass recovery processes of both my username and password, I realized that I must've made a burner account at some point, which I am absolutely certain of based on the, the, the username that the account had. Like, I know that's like, that's a burner fucking account idea for sure. Um, so yeah, I had a Bethesda burner account the whole time and didn't know it. So now I can play those Look games. Hip, hip, hooray. So that's out of the way in my life. Um, <laughs> but as far as the game goes, it Fallout 76. It's, it's weird, man. Like you said, you have dabble with it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I played with. I was one of the people who played it when it first came out and was disappointed because I was like, this is just like Fallout Four, but it's missing stuff. I don't understand. Like it was just, yeah. I was I was disappointed because I paid full okay. price. I was very excited. Oh God, that's yeah. Uh, yeah, so it, <laughs> it's it's. I mean, you know, and this is just the next gen system thing, and I haven't played. I don't think. Yeah, I didn't play Fallout Four in there yet, but. I think I did play New Vegas, but that's, of course, not, that's just a half-ass remastering, you know, it's not even really updated for the new system, but anyways, it's, it's fucking weird, because it doesn't, it doesn't feel like the Fallout I know, it's too smooth, it's too glossy, it's too, really, you know, like the, the, literally the feel of it, like, Fallout, and maybe this is just the recency thing of having played New Vegas, which is, you know, decade old, uh, and it's just like kind of this shifty, I don't know, it's just a little bit, it's, it's so smooth and so 
I know it's fucking weird, man. Like, I, that's really hard to process <laughs> based on the way I, that's my understanding of Fallout, you know? Because those Bethesda game, even Skyrim is the same way. Like, as great as I think Skyrim is, it's such a big world and shit. You, you, you concede, and that's an old game too now, but like, you concede so many things on the aesthetic, like, the feel of it front just because of how expansive the world is and how great the game is. All this, like, a lot of the, just the gameplay stuff is still clunky. There's bugs and you just like, you just roll with that. Cause like, yeah, okay, well that's how it is for a game like this right now, you know, but like the feel side of it anyways is not like that at all. It feels and looks fucking great. So that was, you know, immediate impression. I was like, fuck, this is fucking cool. So in like the gameplay, I thought, I mean, you said you like fallout four. I thought fallout four was pretty shitty in a lot of ways. I, I hated the base building stuff. I didn't have any, like, I didn't, oh, I didn't love like that. I didn't, I didn't like it all. And I usually like that kind of shit too. So that, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. But yeah, like I felt like it, it is fixed or it did fix a lot of the things that I found wrong with fallout. Like my inclination, like in fallout four, man, my inclination to craft, honestly, all the fallout games to date, my inclination to craft anything other than major weapons and armor. And then I guess maybe eventually I'm not even ammo. Cause you get to the point, most of those games, you get to the point where like ammo's everywhere. It's abundant. You don't even need to worry about it. Uh, maybe I guess if you play on a harder level that decreases, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Just, I've never really had any inclination to craft shit. And then that in turn makes the scavenging of crafting materials pointless too. If you don't want to craft, you don't need the materials. So like, so, you know, I just usually just blow by all those stupid little things that are fucking laying around in the rooms and the spaces you experience, you know, you go through and I'm just looking for essentially story plot points and quest quest items and shit. So like, but now that like, because everything like they, they, they up the scarcity of everything and you need those things to survive. And, you know, you never have enough ammo in this game. And like, you just, you, you, you like you want, and you do need, I am inclined to build in this one. So like, I need these materials now. So now all I do is scavenge. Like I'm like going around, like, <laughs> I like, you know, I'll go to the, the data points in the story fucking things, but like, I'm really just looking around for very specific things that I need to build the next thing or whatever, you know? Uh, and that, you know, that changes your level of just, uh, I don't know, fucking investment in this game in the story world so much more, you know? Um, so that's really cool. I've never cared what I looked like in these games because you're just, you know, nothing but lackluster Bethesda AI around you, you know? So now that there's human beings in this world, like I immediately had like a slightly different willingness to like engage what I'm wearing, like trying to find new clothes. If I find something cool, like literally trying it on and looking at it, I'm like, oh, no, because people are going to see it, you know? And like I've had, you know, <laughs> you had those interactions. Like you literally, I mean, I have the thing, and this is one of the things I love about too, like, you know, I don't really want I, I the online multiplayer thing usually, you know, and I've had those experiences, too. So thankfully, this is this way. But you can you can essentially nerf the what other players can do to you. If you don't attack back, their attacks essentially don't do anything to you. You know what I mean? You can you can set it that way. So and I certainly have had people just like, you know, I, I, you can see their level on the thing. They're like a level 157 or something. And they're just trying to lay waste to me. They're just running around behind me trying to fucking mow me down. It's like, fuck off. <laughs> you know, like, which is great that you can do that with someone who wants to play that way. It's like, fuck off. What do you even... If you do want to play that way where you are battling other players, why are you out fighting a level 8 dude? Like, what's the matter with you? You fucking asshole, yeah. you know? So that's exactly why I fucking hate online gaming. But you can turn that off. So, you know, but you had those moments too that are much cooler where, you know, you see someone 
and you because you, they have a little thing or so you know when a, a, a an actual PC and also just the way people move, which is also one of my things with online gaming is like you can just tell the way people move whether they're an NPC or not. It's like a little more erratic, you know. <laughs> I think that, that's fucking stupid too. I hate that about online multiplayer. But anyways. You've had those interactions where you just like walk up to each other and you just kind of like look at each other, you know, and like I usually I don't even have my microphone on. My microphone is turned off. Like I can't even talk to him if I wanted to. But fucking like you just look there, you're like looking at him and shit and like kind of looking at their stuff and their gun and their fucking their clothes to see if there's anything you want to go find, you know, and then like you're, of course, like let them look at you, you know, and that's like that is cool. Like that interaction is cool. And and it's more incentivized here for obvious reasons because you're, you're playing with players and then it's automatically survival mode. So food and water are necessary, you know? And that, of course, I've never really played Fallout. That last time I played New Vegas, I turned that on and it changed that experience a little bit. But here it's like a huge thing, you know? And like, I like usually I never really have to even use my rat away. So I'm not, I just don't do things that require me to take on radiation for the most part, you know, with the exception of maybe exploring a highly irradiated area. So like, but this, you know, just because to survive, you got to eat dumb shit that you normally, you don't want to eat, but like you have to just to stay alive. So like, that's so much more real and so much more like what living in that wasteland would be like. And that's, you know, just this little things like that, that make you really engage what the fallout world is supposed to be more so than I ever have is a really, really cool uh, betterment mm. of the game, you know, that, that I really, really like about Fallout 76. Um, yeah, that is so fascinating to me because I, I like, again, when this game came out, I had so many negative things to say about it. It just was but like there was no quest, it was just like, here you are. And there, like, there were so many things that were oh, so that's wrong. my that's the weirdest thing to me. Like, I thought it would be more like that. And dude, it's like, it's just a Fallout game, man. It's just like a Fallout game with an endless supply of shit to do. Well, like, well. But and I'm sure it was. It like, was like, I'm sure it was. Yeah, no. I'm sure it wasn't like that to begin with. Yeah, I'm sure. It was. Yeah, no, it was just like, what is this? Like, what did I? Pay? It was more like you looked around and you're like, what did I pay for? Like, what? Is this? <laughs> but but even since then, you know, I've seen them, you know, have iterative updates to where things changed. And I can't remember. I think there was a Juggernaut update or some type of update that happened farther back. Which I did jump back in. What the in. hell is a juggernaut? Is that in, I, is that industry lingo? <laughs> Dude, juggernaut no, like, update. That was no, it was that was the name of the update. Uh, like it even said it, you know, like on the thing. I thought that was just and, like what the what the industry calls like a very huge update, <laughs> a juggernaut update. No, 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 <laughs> no. But like they they fixed a bunch of stuff at that point, and that may have been when they added quests too, and like more story points. Um, but regardless, at that point, even Courtney tried to jump in, and we were both playing it together, trying to get back into it, but like. I was using it more of like, hey, let's play something together. And there's some people I know from ESO that like still play it. And so I would like play in their world for a little bit. But like I enjoyed more like I enjoy that game, but I would like to play it with other people more. So like when other people weren't really sticking with it, I was like, eh, I guess I'll just kind of let it fall to the wayside. You know? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, we still haven't gotten we haven't jumped in together. So, you know, I don't have any firsthand knowledge of it. And you, know, you kind of described it. like I if if I can't keep working on all my shit like mm -hmm. the things i have going the quest lines and just all the little incremental things that i'm trying to accomplish on a day-to-day -day basis like if, if i have yeah. to like set those aside to play multiplayer like i have zero interest like no 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 but that but that's the thing you wouldn't have to like for example in like i jumped into other people's worlds usually so like in courtney's like, game, that sucks too that you have to no no no, no no doing yours but like but that was by agreement. Like I went into there and we like built something together. So whenever we log in together, we go into this one place where we have all this stuff and like this base that we had built. 
But like otherwise, like I have my own that I've built. I can just go into other people's and just play and quest together. So like I could jump into your game and like we could still do quests and do these other things. Right. I don't they need would, to be building they, my own they, stuff. But they wouldn't carry you. They, that's what I mean. They wouldn't carry over to your game. Like why can't we play a game where both our home shit is living together at all times? You know I, mean, I mean, we could. We could do that. Like my but, home but, stuff but is we technically have to, in court. Would we have to start there and stay there or like – I don't like, know. I, mean, I actually don't know the details. See, I know what I mean. I, like, in, I, just I know so I can jump into your now <laughs> and build, but I don't know. Like, because again, it's been so long. I I don't know. Maybe maybe I could like say, hey, move my main whatever the thing is called, my main camp here. Camp. Well, that's a maybe cool thing. That's, that's a really interesting thing about it, and you know, because you, you your camp is just like no matter what, no matter how crazy ass elaborate, <laughs> cool thing you build, there mm-hmm. is this item, the camp, and it's an acronym for something. I can't remember what it is offhand, some clever-ass fallout humor thing. And <laughs> you can just pick that up. You don't actually need to pick it up. You can be somewhere else, and you just have to pay a cap tithe to plop it down somewhere else. And the base, as you build it wherever, now is here, you know? And that's – that's it's a little unrealistic, of course, but it is – I think it's cool. And it's it allows cool. – it, yeah, it allows you – some through line and cause it would be a pain. Like one of the things about subnautic when you move your base and like, am I going to take all these materials that I've dumped into this base iteration and move them down there? Or I'm just going to start from scratch and like both, neither is good, <laughs> you know, not neither is good. I mean, I, I, it's still fun and you still do it, but neither is good for your like time in life. <laughs> the time you're going <laughs> to spend doing this. So it's cool. Like this fallout 76 is already time consuming enough. So I, you know, I think it's the right decision, but yeah, so you know, you can, you can put it anywhere. So like, I mean, I'm sure you could bring your, I, I mean, I know like I've been in, I've found other players bases before, like some of the, some really cool ones. And you, you can just go in and explore and just fuck with their shit, which is cool, you know, and you can't steal anything, which is also cool that you can't fuck things up. That would be awful. I think, um, yeah. You probably can. There's probably a setting that allows you to do that and play a game like that. But that I, that, I would fucking hate that. Anyways, who would want that? Right, right. Uh, well, you know, there's purists like that want you know whatever. Who cares? But the I've been in like the ho- a house fucking around before, and then it's all of a sudden it's like it disappears, and I drop I drop out onto the ground, and it's gone. And it's because the person who had plopped that house <laughs> down there moved it and went to take it somewhere else, you know. And I was like, whoa, fucking you know, so that you can absolutely just pick it and move it or do whatever you want with it whenever you want. And that, you know, that's kind of cool and interesting. So I can't see why you wouldn't be able to, cause that's the most rooted thing. I mean, that's your, that, that is the only rooted thing. Everything else is just what you have on your person. And then what you've done in the world, what you've interacted with, what you've left set. And, now, and you know what, now that you say that I do, I do specifically remember a time where me and Courtney were in the game, but also one or two people that we also knew were in the game as well. But, like, we clearly weren't all, like, in each other's game. Like, I know me and Courtney would have been, but I was able to move my camp, like, triangulate in the middle of everybody so I was near everyone, you know? So, apparently yeah, you can. I just don't yeah, remember all the details be. of how it works. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would, yeah, it would be awesome to do that, but I, I would hate to have to stunt. I mean, I don't know, whatever. If you don't care, you don't care. But I would hate, I would completely lose interest if I wasn't able to work uh, again on those incremental things that I have going on while I'm hanging out with the person that I'm hanging out with, you know, uh, that would be, but it would be fucking amazing to do that shit together. You know, that would be fucking incredible. So yeah, man, it's, it's, it's fucking weird, man. Like I started homesteading, like I mentioned, like the crafting, the camp thing and dude, the pictures that I have hanging on my walls, 
a thousand percent matter to me. So that's like that's Animal Crossing level shit where you're like Whoa. everything, all this matters, you know. Um, yeah, you know, I got like this is this kind of brutish, but it happened, and I was like, <laughs> I'm leaving it. Uh, yeah, you can get you can attract people to your camp just like in four, and you, know, you do like a thing. Like I found this this woman who. He's a musician, and if you build her little chair with her guitar, she'll come live at your camp, you know? And she gets there, and she's hanging out, and she'll just do shit, and she plays music and stuff, and she'll fight if someone actually, like, tries to attack your base. So it's, like, kind of building your little army if you want. And I was, like, you know, there's, like, an interact with option, you know? And so I interact, and, like, I'm just, like, seeing what the options are. And I accidentally – this is so brutish. Probably, probably going to get flack for this. But I accidentally took her clothes – and then she's just naked in front of you in just her underwear. And I was just like, I'm leaving it. So now she just walks around in my camp just in her underwear, playing a guitar <laughs> with like a funny hat. It just stays like that. Yeah, it's, so it's a chef. She was in a chef. She's in a chef hat and then just her underwear. And she walks around uh, and plays a guitar. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, very brutish, but funny. <laughs> Definitely have not done anything like that. that, that but... You could do that. Yeah. Could you like. <laughs> The idea that's like someone comes to the camp and they're like, you know, I'm sure someone's come to my camp and looked at it at some point and been like, holy shit, you can do that. <laughs> yeah, oh, whatever. Uh, yeah, it's fucking cool, man. It's a fun game. The only downside I would say on it, to be honest with you, is, and this is what I've heard a lot of the problems with it, is, you know, you're playing on a fucking server and it can time out and it will, you know, you get a lot, it happens a lot where it'll say server or something or other in the bottom right corner and you just lose control of things for a second. And I've, I'm honestly never had that happen and like been getting capped the whole fucking time while it was getting its shit together. Uh, so I don't even know, honestly, if that can happen or not, if it like freezes enemies too, I'm not sure, but you know, it'll most, I would say, 90 to 95 percent of the time it will just do that for a second and revert and you're back on your way you know and, and you know the, the frequency of that if you're playing for an hour two or three times maybe you know uh, but it can also happen and it'll just boot you off and you can a thousand percent lose progress in interior because interior spaces are, are weird the way they like read what you've done registers in your cumulative gameplay if you're in an inter an actual interior space where you know you go in the door and it does that loading thing because sometimes you can go interior spaces and that doesn't happen and it's just actually part of the outside world you know but sometimes yeah. you go into an interior space and it's an actual location and it's like a new level or so there's some sort of difference transition they, right and and if you do if you're in one of those you can you will when you come back into the game you will not be inside of it anymore and you can absolutely have lost what you did not always oh. But yeah. you can't have lost. You can have lost progress. So to say the least, that is not cool. You know, so um, that sucks. I'm sure it was just like just incomprehensibly way worse at the at the at the launch of the game. So I'm sure it's improved considerably because, like I said, that freak, it's not anywhere near frequent enough where the whole Internet could be on fire about it. So it, it does suck, but I'm sure, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they've improved that a, a great degree. So that's a good thing. But that, I mean, that's honestly the only detractor. And, and, and that's the kind of thing, too, like we were just talking about with Skyrim and the older fallouts. Like, you know, what we're doing is it's incredible what we're doing. And like, yes, you want it to be perfect, but like, got to like a little bit of grain of salt with like just, you know, <laughs> like, fuck, that's not ideal. But this is pretty fucking cool, you know, like. 
exactly. there's going to be, you know, a million fucking people playing this fucking massive game with a million things happening every nanosecond. Like every now and again, a number's going to get, a wire's going to get crossed. <laughs> you know, like you got to just, I think you got to just fucking deal with that and not, not, um, go completely apeshit about it. So, yeah. so I'm yeah. sure it's like, that'll just like improve, you know, being part of the Microsoft family now, using Azure servers, like all that yes. kind of stuff. Yeah, like, yes, I'm give, sure give us your company man shit, Jay. About how, <laughs> about how it's no, like. I'm just saying, like how that <laughs> stuff was worse. You know, you like playing on a server was just like more risky, whereas like now it seems to be improving, and you know, the technology behind that is improving as well. So that's sure. cool to see. Hopefully, hopefully. So yeah, so there's, that obviously was a, a most of what I'm doing, and then I also did once I clicked on Fallout download every doom game ever i didn't and they're all on on game pass so one two three 64 and eternal and i've been fucking a little bit with all of them uh this included doom eternal so i did play i told you i did get in and play the first level when i wanted needed a break from fallout for some reason maybe i got kicked from a server or something i was pissed off and i was like i just need to do something else <laughs> and so i went and played i played a little bit of doom eternal excuse me and it is it's still dude it's just like uh, 2016 and that is just so emotionally exhausting i've just never <laughs> i just can't believe like I, I don't know like i mean I, i'm sure other games are like that now and i you know i just don't play those types of games so maybe this is not nearly it's not nearly as abnormal or unique as i think it is but i just i don't know man like i play it and i'm just like fuck i just need to take a break man i got like 20 minutes of this and i just gotta stop and like literally hit pause and like clear the mechanism and just like Dude. fucking not do anything for a second just cool off <laughs> it's you so know what's funny about that i felt the exact same way at the beginning and that's why i took such a long break like i like i thought i was far i was barely at the beginning when i like was like i need to i didn't play it for like so long after that but i felt the same way i was like oh man it's stressful like doom 2016 was which i played through but like now i don't know if it's just like i've zinned out and i've like figured out the way to play it where I don't have to be as like scatterbrained. Like, yes, you need to keep moving, but it's not as exhausting as it felt before. Like, I don't know. Like, I've just maybe I just got more comfortable with it. I don't know. But I felt the same way at the beginning. So maybe you just need to clear the mechanism, take a break, come yeah. back in a week. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> it is. Yeah, I mean, it is pretty damn good, though. I mean, yeah, like I said, I posted that video of the Hell Priest thing and like just that, you know, the first level was there was all that. It's it, it does do. Cause so what what really I have a hard time with those games. The thing that I have the hard this is the buttons. There's too many buttons. You got to do too fast, and like I just I don't have I don't have that capability, and and that's frustrating. So like easing you you're in, old, Josh. You I, I think old right or <laughs> yeah, perhaps maybe it is old. I don't know. The gradual internalization of what each one of these things you need to do on a semi regular basis. It's see, it's doing a pretty good job because, like, uh, that's the thing too. Like, a, a lot of these games, I think I talked about this with Outriders and stuff too. Like, you know, I'll get in there and they're, you're doing the tutorial in the beginning of the game, and like, I, I can't play these games every day. Like, I can't play this kind of game every day. I just can't. It's it's something I'm gonna come and come in and out of, you know. And if I do that tutorial thing for an hour and some change, and then I come back a week later, it's gone. Like all that shit I learned is gone. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to, you saved your game. So you're not going to be doing that exact tutorial part again. So like I have this gap in like what my knowledge base is and what I need to know to progress. And like that honestly is one of the biggest hindrances with playing games like this. A lot of the times it's just, I don't, I don't have, it's, it's not intriguing enough to keep me entrenched in playing it long enough to 
retain all the shit that I need to get good mm-hmm. at it, you know? And that's, that, that is one of the harder things. And that's, you know, when I did fire doom back up a second time, there was, I was like, what the fuck, how do I do that? <laughs> you know? And like, it's just, it's, it's frustrating. Um, but that's my own problem, of course, but that's, yeah. you know, that's, that's going to be really, my thing with doom. I think. Yeah. You really do have to come back like every couple of days or whatever. So that you remember it, you know, cause even, even when I switch up, between like that and Halo Five, just for like PVP aspect or something, like it's always like ah, I'm pressing the wrong button. But if <laughs> I take too long of a break, it's the same thing. Like all right, what is the controls again? But even once I know what they are, it takes me a while to like okay, that's you know to get back into the rhythm of it. Sure, exactly. So that, it really, I mean. you really do. You, have you to cannot be thinking of that shit. A game like that, you yeah. cannot be thinking about what you're gonna push. It needs to be instinct, you know. Yeah. And that that's it's tough to get to that instinctual level. There's a certain amount of just time on task you have to devote in order to get there and i i have a hard time devoting that amount of time to to a game like that but it is good for sure i will not even begin to argue that the victory theme bringing us into this episode beginning about rbi baseball too josh synopsis they actually have a blurb on the first page of the manual with the heading object of the game slash game description so here goes that like i didn't anticipate to have a synopsis for a baseball game (laughs) nonetheless we have one first there was rbi baseball it set the standard as the only baseball game for the nes to use real players and their stats now there's rbi baseball too Select one of the 26 pro teams and create any player lineup you want with 24 player rosters. It's like stepping into the shoes of a real pro with all his stats already under your belt. Feel your adrenaline pumping as you run to steal second base. Hear the roar of the crowd as you hit a home run. It just doesn't get any more real than this. And I would bet MLB The Show 2021 players might argue otherwise, but whatevs. (laughs) (laughs) So what kind of game is this, Jay? Surprise! <laughs> it's a baseball game of the American variety. <laughs> <laughs> is there an actual difference? Like, yes, like they have baseball in Japan, but like, is there any need to differentiate nationality? Like, if we were talking about football, we would say of the American variety, and there's a very, very real, real purpose for that. Is there a purpose in identifying the nationality of baseball, or is it universally the same? I'm pretty sure it's the same. Um, my purpose and calling it the American version was just because we're talking about American teams. That's all. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. I, I, this is a, a, you know, just a philosophical question I'm asking here. <laughs> uh, anyways, it was released in 1990, and that's it. That's all I could find. Uh, as for happenings in 1990, a uh, lot of shit happened over the course of an entire calendar year, and this section isn't any fun if the internet can't do better than this. So I don't have any happenings for the release of the game. We get into the artwork. We have the, the cover art is live action photography and Mike Tyson's punch out being the only other one of those we've game upped. So that is a somewhat rare and unique thing and makes it a little more interesting maybe than some of the others. It's the so the picture is focused on home plate and they've superimposed the MLB Players Association logo onto it, which is a cool design choice. I think I like that. And there is a hand reaching into frame down the third base line from third suggesting a player sliding into home while a catcher's mitt is coming in from frame right with a ball thrown somewhere in the field of play, like about to land into it. So you have, you know, we're, we're essentially trying to capture a throw out of the plate kind of thing, you know, 
And the catcher's mitt is coming in from a place that is absolutely not logical for where a catcher <laughs> a catcher might be Please in this scenario. Yeah, yeah, exactly, in this scenario. And I just, knowing what I know about shit like this, commercials, photo shoots, and shit like that, and, like, I can just a thousand percent picture the studio photo, photo shoot where this pic was awkwardly taken, where you have these assistants trying to stick their arms into the thing and fun from funny angles and the photographer's like no that's still not right that's not right that's not right that's not right that's right and this is the one they're like it's close enough fuck it just let's go because <laughs> you know? like it definitely is not right uh but it's yeah. just the best they could do you know so I, I when i that saw was... that i immediately was thinking where was the catcher what was he doing before this that he's way over there right yeah yeah, yeah. like maybe going to fetch a fucking even but that's the thing though even if you are coming to, from some stupid shit. I don't know. I have no. Yeah, if the ball's coming from out there, there's no reason for the catcher to be coming from over like towards the 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 dugout. But even if there was a reason for that, for the throwout at the plate, the catcher is going to position himself blocking the plate. Like that's that's what the catcher does in that situation. Now, I, I mean, I guess the one minute caveat to that idea is that he's so like he's not just not in a position. He's getting back to the plate just in time, and he just hasn't assumed that position yet. But it it just, you know, an incomprehensibly low percentage number of times this scenario has ever happened in baseball at any level in the history of baseball. <laughs> you know, so he was somehow involved in, like, the previous out or something where he was off to the right, but he had to uh, throw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, there, if you sat down and really cooked, you could come up with some situations, but... They are not by any means normal practice or a, a frequently occurring event, you know, which I don't know, you know, a, a photo was supposed, if you're going to bother to take a photo and use it for your key art, it should be a moment of significance of some kind, you know, that you're capturing. So sure. But it, it just, yeah, it, it, you, you can't, you can't be a person who watches baseball and look at this and really think about it, which I'm sure many people who bought the game didn't particularly kids. But if you really sit and think about it and you know, baseball, you're going to be like, Wait a minute, that's fucking weird. <laughs> you know, there's just no way to not get there. Anyway, yeah. they they have a little legal little disclaimer in the bottom right that this shit doesn't have anything to do with Nintendo, licensed by or endorsed by, that is likely part of the fallout of that legal tiff that Nintendo and Atari got into around this time. So that was notable to me. Uh, and generally speaking, though, even with that weirdness, I, I think it's awesome key art and well done, especially by Nintendo box standards. And the back of the box is much less impressive. The standard three screenshots and a very basic bitch layout on the right there. And they have a tagline up top that reads, if if it gets more realistic, you'll need a glove to play. And then the selling points below that have little baseballs for bullet points. And I like that. I always love when bullet points are stylized, you know, in, in line with what the <laughs> game's about. And the screenshots featured are the batting view, the fielding view, and the lineup management subscreen. So... Whatever. There's not. I was actually like trying to do the key art for this episode, and like, there's just there's not many different screenshots. You know, it's just like that base. The 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 because pitching and and batting are the same thing, and then you have the scoreboard, and then you have if you hit a home run or you you hit whatever, you have the field, of course, wherever the ball goes, uh, and then the win state with the newspaper thing. But that's it. <laughs> there's just nothing else to look at <laughs> in this game. So yeah, it was probably there. Uh, struggling to get to three interesting screenshots for sure and the manual which will be in the show notes as it always is is 32 pages full color throughout and tenjin just like sunsoft is not fucking around the manual front there if you get full color throughout that's that's pretty hot 
And page two is covering the game options here. And I see you can select easy or hard as CPU difficulty modes, which I would not have guessed that it had that option, you know, so I thought that was kind of interesting and cool. Page five presents the batting timeout menu options, and you can make substitutions on base runners, which is, pre I'm pretty fucking sure, a level of management that is not present in bases loaded too. So that's a level of team control that is, I think, heightened for this era of baseball game. And page six has highlights that the game has instant replay, and we'll talk about this a bunch, I think, when we get into the gameplay and shit. Like, it seems just, I read that and I was like, what? <laughs> Like it was nuts to me that a 1990 NES baseball game would have replay, you know. So my expectation for it was so low, you know, that, I, again, we'll get into it, but I was pleasantly surprised. And pages 9 and 10 have tips, and I love this one in the pitching section. It's so good, dude. I, I can't believe I didn't bring it up when we couch co-op. It's such a couch co-op thing. Ah, But anyways, it's never talk to your opponent about the last pitch. If he knows what you think about it, that may help him on the next pitch. And this is clearly referencing playing head-to-head -head against a buddy and trying and it's trying to give you a psychological edge while you do so. Mm. And there are few gaming scenarios funnier to me than two little-ass kids playing against each other and engaging in psychological warfare. Like, that is just... <laughs> that, is, that is fucking... That is great. You know, the idea of these two seven-year-old kids next to each other, like, trying to gain a fucking psychological edge <laughs> in a Nintendo game? Like, that's... That's fucking good, you know. That's 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 what this shit's all about. So, I, I really enjoyed that a great deal. And page eleven is an otherwise blank page and a small box in the middle that reads: "Note rosters and stats for New York American League." And in, in uh, parentheses are on page twenty-seven. And this is referring to the fact that this team's roster is not grouped in, and I couldn't figure out what it was, but whatever order the rest of the teams are supposed to be in, division maybe, I'm not sure. We kind of had this problem when you were trying to find fucking Cincinnati even on the screen. So yeah, it's it's not very cleanly organized in any way uh, or labeled because they're not, they don't have the actual major league teams. They just have the major league cities, you know, because they don't have the MLB, the actual MLB license. They just have the player license. Uh, so anyways, it's... It's not grouped in whatever order the rest of the teams are supposed to be in, and, and it's plunked very last in the list, right? And the other NY team in the National League, basically the Mets, is with all the others. So at first glance, this, like, really got under my fucking skin because it's the fucking Yankees, right? And it's yeah, what's going those, on? Un yeah, those unfair payroll spending disparity-enabled cunts. Like, why do they always get special treatment? Just because the rest of the league is too much of a bitch ass to stand up for themselves and require fair and equal revenue distribution so all teams can be competitive, why are they always getting a unfair, like why are they always just like special? You know, why are they always treated specially? And like, like I will not watch, this, I will, this, I'll try to make this the only time I do this. I will not watch a nanosecond of Major League Baseball again until that's the case. Until revenue is distributed evenly, and all teams can actually compete, and it's not just six of them, and then 26 assholes who are punching bags for the teams that can actually spend $200-plus million every year. Like, I will never watch another fucking second of baseball again. Like, that, the, the Francisco Lindor thing this past summer, that's the last straw. That the Indians can develop that all-world player. And he's playing like shit in, in the, for the Mets, too, which makes me happy. But <laughs> that they can develop that all-world, can-do-everything player. He can literally, he's fucking phenomenal at every phase of baseball that he they can develop him homegrown and they can't keep him they physically cannot there's no way for them to pay him his market value fuck you like you have a stupid fucking sport your sport is fucking stupid 
if it's just it's fucking stupid. I cannot believe that the other 26 owners are such pussies that they don't stand up and say, fuck you. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. You get to keep all the money that we collectively create just because you're in the TV market that happened. Like you just happen to be in the geographical space where you make 10 times as much money. Like, fuck you. I cannot. I just, it blows my fucking mind that they are that big. Of, that, that 26 of them, like, are that big. Like, <laughs> wow, wow. It's unbelievable. It fucking blows my mind. I cannot right. believe yeah. it. The other so sports much. do not operate that way. No, right? no. You have, you have you a fucking, that's why. You, in the NBA, you got, like, max deal that you, as the home team, can right. offer more than the other teams can. Right. As and, you know, I mean, even, even basketballs is not perfect. The luxury tax, you can spend over the luxury tax. So bigger market teams still have a little bit of advantage. But small market teams can compete, at least. Yeah. And, and you know, football is clean disparity like they're you know every team is on the same playing field money wise so yeah, there's a little you, you know coaches aren't factored into salary caps so you know you if you are a particularly wealthy owner relative to other owners like you you have 10 billion they only have one <laughs> you know in that scenario you can pay your coach a little bit more theoretically maybe than the others but again relatively equal playing field baseball is it makes me sick to my stomach i get i get like every year, like when the Indians were were hot there around 2016 and shit, and like they're they're the fucking Cubs payroll in that the teams that when they went to the World Series together, the Cubs payroll was like 200 fucking 60 million dollars or some shit, and the Indians payroll was just a hit like 120. Like they should cut. I mean, flat out, the Cubs runs every game against the Indians should get halved. Like that's simple as that. Mm -hmm. Like if you like. Why wouldn't they – like, the fact that the Indians are even in the World Series against them, like, they should get a fucking trophy and a goddamn parade <laughs> because what are you even doing here? You do not have the same assets. You don't even kind of have the same thing. Like, how the fuck did you even get here, dude? <laughs> like, how did you get in the club? You don't have the money. You can't afford a bottle. How did you get in the club? <laughs> like, what do you mean? What are you even doing here, you know? You don't have the shoes. Get the fuck out of here, bro. Like, yeah, I just – yeah, ugh. Major League Baseball makes me sick to my fucking stomach. And the Yankees are fucking the just embodiment of it. So I saw this and all that stuff started rushing through my head. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, take it back a notch, Josh. Uh, uh, I was I was <laughs> as I was typing that up, that 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 diatribe, it occurred to me that it makes more sense for this to be the flip side of that. And that whoever made this decision did it out of spite for the Yankees. <laughs> and just put them very last for no reason other than they had the power to do so in this particular case. And the it's like the NBA Jam lead develop. If you do you know this NBA Jam thing, the original NBA Jam for I think it's Sega Genesis. Maybe. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right. The Pistons thing. I think right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, Mark Mark Termel, being a Pistons fan, programmed it so if the Bulls were playing the Pistons, which is the the Pistons' biggest rival at the time, you know, the early nineties. It's just like if they took a shot, the Bulls, I'm saying, in the la in the final minute of the game, they against the Pistons, they missed it every time. <laughs> like just like that very specific, a piece of code that very specifically does that. You know, that's fucking just like the the idea of expressing your unfounded and childish hatred for a certain <laughs> for a certain sports team. In that way, letting it manifest professionally like that and something that is going to be, I mean, you don't know maybe that a game, well, I mean, actually, they were it from the arcade was already hit. So he knew he was making something that the whole world was going to experience in mass. Like the idea of employing that 
in that is just like, oh god, that is like that is ballsy next level. It's ballsy and it's just <laughs> fucking incredible. It's just oh, it's so good. It's exact like I don't know, man. I got I can't think of a I just can't think of a better sports <laughs> thing. Like the idea of like exercising because that's like the hardest part about being a sports fan is like your lack of power. That was like the hardest thing about being a Bills fan for all those years. It's like it's so emotionally debilitating when they're not they're not even bad. They're just like just below competitive and it's just like so they're good enough to keep you invested emotionally but not good enough to really get anywhere and so you like you you're you're there and you you have this like unreasonable <laughs> passion for them to succeed but you have no control over the actual outcome you know uh and you trick yourself into thinking you do with all these dumbass little things that you whatever people <laughs> people's superstitions and like you're going to the game and yelling a little louder like whatever the fuck it is. you do all these things that you like trying to give your input on this thing you you shouldn't care about what you do an immense amount. And the idea of actually being able to like express yourself and have an impact on something, even something that dumb is just so good. <laughs> so. I, that makes me think like I loved NCAA football when it was a game. Like if I could have coded like being a fan in the nineties of the Buckeyes and watching them lose to Michigan over and over when they were like right on the cusp of like winning it all right. year after year, like if I could have put in a, a freaking code that says I will always score a touchdown on Michigan, you know, in the fourth quarter, or they can't score, like I would absolutely do that. Yeah, and that they're, 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 they're going to miss stuff. their PAT every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Playing Ohio State, yeah, it, it, they're going to miss their PAT in the fourth quarter there will every be time. A in the twenty every time. <laughs> yeah, 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 just something that would be great. <laughs> yeah, it's just so so beautiful, so beautiful. So, you know, the, uh, after that, it's just rosters, basically, is the rest of the manual. And, of course, the only one of those that I had any really – well, that's not true. I mean, all players at this time, again, because it was when I was really into baseball, probably at my height of that. So players for a lot of teams were of interest, but the Tribe is, of course, of most particular interest, which just changed their name the other day, which was – if I cared right. about baseball, it would have been interesting. I was going to text you about it, too. I was yeah. Like, hmm, the, yeah, the, yeah, the Cleveland Guardians. Yeah. Um, Guy had to be done, I suppose, and, and and which will soon become yeah yeah it's actually yeah I didn't actually I wrote the note that's a different I wrote the notes here will soon become passe to refer to them as like not knowing that it was going to come down before we fucking recorded anyways um, I love the names on these on this roster Brooke Jacoby Greg Swindell Corey Snyder Joe Carter Felix Fermin Tom Candiotti Doug Jones Jesse Orozco these are like just fucking names that just uh, have mean so much to me <laughs> emotionally in my childhood. <laughs> But Joe Carter, who was like the, and he, he's like, he would just, just like now, you know, just like we just talked about Lindor, he would, he would go on and to do bigger things and have more success with other teams after he established himself as a, an elite player on the Indians, you know. But this was right towards the end of his run with them, and you know, I think of him. I don't know. Do you remember Joe Carter? Like, does that name mean He I was, I mean, yeah, he was like a, he was a dinger guy. Like, he was a guy that like was a, you know, he fucking bashed a lot of home runs. And his speed on here is nine, like that's out of 10, you know, and that's the third highest on the team. And I just do not think of him being a base dealer at all in my memory of him. And yeah, I mean, he had 35 dingers. This is his dinger total in 89. So, I mean, he's a power outfielder, you know, and uh, look, I go back and check his stats and he actually did average 25 ish stolen bases in his six years with the Indians, you know, so I don't know, pretty big. Yeah, he had one year where he finished top 20 in the MVP voting. Four, actually, four of the five uh, of the six years he was with the Indians, he finished top 20, which on the Indians, dude, they won like 11 games a year, bro. Like being in the MVP voting on the Indians in the 80s, holy shit, is that wild? <laughs> you know, that is really, really uh, an impressive feat. 
Uh, Dude, it's it's so funny to hear you talk about the Indians right now because like we when we played and we'll get to it later. I was I was playing the Yankees, but like at this time right now, like I was getting into the the Yankees because of the you know Columbus Clippers. But I was a huge Cincinnati fan, so when I look at the roster, I'm like I, yeah, I was going to gonna me, ask you, Cleveland, yeah. dude, Cleveland was just like whatever. To me, <laughs> I look at the roster and I know them all because I had all those cards: freaking Cincinnati. Barry Larkin, Chris Sabo, like Jose. Oh, Rio. that's so, oh, that's so good. Had, dude, they had like I remember that he had like an error on one of his cards, so I was like searching to try to find Chris it. Sabo. Like Chris Sabo, yeah, like, yes, I no, remember no, no. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Chris so did Sabo, Jose yeah. Rio. They both like they were an error. They both had errors, and I had like yeah. a special book. So when I look at this roster, I'm like, this takes me back immediately. I'm like, yes, let's For go sure. Reds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I was I was gonna ask you about Cincinnati because I knew that was your squad then. And uh, so yeah, like I look, I go there and I look at their roster, and the only one of the players I really knew was Barry Larkin. Who I mean, yeah. he, had a, he had a killer fucking 342 Naturally. average in '89. Yeah, he was fucking this uh, awesome player. Um, shortstop, I believe, right? He was all-star shortstop, I think. Mm, shortstop. I think he was, that sounds about right. He's either second base, second, second base, or shortstop. He's definitely middle infielder. Anyways, the uh, the only other player, literally, that I recognize the name of at all was Chris Sabo, and like I don't. He clearly didn't become a great player because it's just like a, a obtuse little fucking random memory I have of his name. Uh, but I feel like he was, yeah, like in 89 and 88 when I was collecting cards and shit, he was like, he was a promising rookie and he never panned out. Like, what do you, like, I wanted to hear, like, what do you know what his story was? Like, why did he find oh, out? Or I don't remember the details. I know I got his autograph, but I don't know. I've only been to one reds game like at the red stadium in cincinnati since obviously i you know grew up in columbus so i feel like at one point he somehow made it to the clippers and that's where i got his autograph you know because went, went to the yankees probably yeah it's so it's so odd but that's what i remember you know because if i had people's autographs it's because like they played for the clippers you know on there were reds players obviously you know maybe they would show up at like a comic book shop or something and be signing autographs so i got some of them like i'm pretty sure i have I might have Barry Larkins. I'm, I'm not sure. I got to find my old like book. I don't even know who's going to have, but <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember the details, but yeah, he was definitely like, Oh, Chris Sabo, you know, at the time for a little bit, but then. Yeah, no, yeah. I remember it, it was definitely like, I just remember there, it being his cards were a thing. I remember like, <laughs> want, want, wanting them. They were like, you know, worth $4 instead of 75 cents or something. And like, as a kid, like it's with my little Beckett, I'm like, fucking. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not in this roster. Pete Rose. Uh, LOL. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had so many Pete Rose cards too. Such drama. It seemed like such an important drama. Like as a as a child, it's like I'm sure it's oh like, yeah, as a, as a fucking Reds fan, that must have just uh, what do you mean Red Pete Rose can't play baseball anymore? <laughs> what do so you fucking many, mean? I to this day I have so I'd many. Like, I woke parts. up today and they were like, Josh Allen can't play football anymore. Like, what? I'm gonna jump off the roof then. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> What do you mean, Josh Allen can't play football anymore? Like, you're gonna have to, we're gonna have to work something out. <laughs> like, it's not, not a viable option. <laughs> I mean, the Reds would go on, you know, to win the World Series, like what, 91, 92, something like that. Cause I remember watching it. So, you know, it was still working out, but it was still like, yeah, a huge, huge eyesore yeah. on the franchise. For sure. <laughs> Any notable RBI baseball two history, Jay? Uh, yeah. So, funny. Like this game received so much rave reviews and from several outlets, both in the US and the UK. Like a lot of uh out reviewers in the UK love this game. So, you know, clearly a fan favorite because people really talked about the sim aspect, you know, like 
okay, it's an okay game, but like the whole sim and all the things you can do really, you know, made it a game changer. But <laughs> what I find really cool, I'm you know, surprised the UK that that, that, that baseball, I didn't think right? baseball was a thing. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe they were just really enamored with the way the U.S. was playing. Maybe it was just bigger in the U.S. at the time. It, I don't know. But there were like six different outlets all from the U.K. talking about this game. So I was like, okay, what's what's going on? But like the series originally ran through 1995 and then was rebooted in 2014 as a co- direct competitor to MLB The Show. So clearly that game is the definitive game now. So right. it's, it's funny because when I when I was originally researching this, I thought that it said this was rebooted as MLB The Show. Like, <laughs> like, holy shit, right? Yeah. I yeah. yeah, yeah I, that's been a game. I was very, could, I had no idea. Could, I saw that when I was fucking like, even just I tagged the game when I was posting videos and, 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 and screenshots and shit. I was like, that's when I, that's how I found out that there was RBI Baseball 2020 and shit. I was yeah. like, what the? I was like, what? <laughs> I had no <laughs> fucking clue. Yeah, it was completely unbeknownst to me. I'm not that I'm looking to play baseball games. Mine, I've already said what I said about sports games, baseball game in particular. I, I feel like baseball probably would actually be kind of fun because uh, it's more calculated, you know. So I might actually enjoy that more. But I, I mean, I, I but I actually want to play MLB the Show now because you know clearly it was a big get for us being on Xbox because it's a PlayStation game and all that. But like because of that, I directly have been holding off on playing MLB the Show because I didn't want to compare this game to that just internally because that's mm-hmm. happened before i played like a recent kind of game and i'm like oh i can't even appreciate like the original so but at first thinking this was that i'm like oh i definitely have to play it now but i want to see how far that we've come you know and play it'll be the show and see how that compares but uh, yeah the I, fact I, that I, people, i'm sure it's come quite a ways from this <laughs> <laughs> it, it sounds like people are generally underwhelmed so like when i tie it all together it's like this was rebooted to compete against that and people are like eh, like the later ones like this is not that so <laughs> clearly mlb the show is like more well, yeah, I mean, the, the fact that we'd never heard of it i mean you know clearly if it would have said something yeah if it would have landed in any serious way we'd have especially because of the nostalgia component of myself in particular like that would have if that if that even like graced the periphery of my radar i'd been like oh rbi baseball get the fuck out of here you yeah know, so that yeah it, it can't be that good if it, if it didn't even do that but <laughs> On the economic analysis front, we already did that baseball stadium hot dog math in the Fester's Quest app, so uh, I was kind of tapped out on relevant economic analysis as far as baseball goes, so we should probably just play the game. That is the second of, I think there's three game themes. Yep. available in this, which is one of the cool parts about it that we'll get to, that they, they kind of switch up the music you hear while you're actually playing as opposed to just the same tired-ass song that, like, Bass is Loaded. Oh, and, like, I've said before that Bass is Loaded 2, I can listen to that song nonstop, oddly, even though it's that, like, rally baseball song. Like, I don't, have, I don't know what that song actually is, but it's... it's someone wrote it. It's a, a famous song, for sure. And they play it just nonstop in all nine innings, you know, and it is such a fucking big development. Even at only three, <laughs> only even at two more options, it's just like a world of difference in, in that variance. Anyways, let's talk about the title screen of RBI Baseball 2 to start. And you know what the worst part about black shell tension games are? Shit? Like the actual, <laughs> like the actual, you know, I'm saying like the physical carts for NES, right? So when the cartridge is down in the Nintendo console, right? So you put the cartridge in, push the thing down and it locks in the, in the down position, right? The way these carts are designed, they have that little slope 
on the top of it, you know? Yeah. So when it's down, not enough plastic sticks up to wiggle back and forth in your getting this damn thing to work efforts that every Nintendo game requires on startup, you know? So like a normal yeah. cartridge has, it's like squared off. So you can push the little tops of it back and forth while it's still down to try to like jostle the, the connects and get the game to work. You know, you just, right. you, you, you turn it off, you push it to the left, you hit power. It doesn't work or it's flashing or whatever. You turn it back off, you push it to the right. And you just keep doing that until it works. That's usually what I do with a Nintendo game. These games, not enough plastic sticks up to do that. So if it doesn't work, you have to turn it off, pop the game back up, then push it over to the side, pop it back down, hit power, try again. And mm. super stupid small thing, but that's the first thing because I have to get the game to turn on to play it that I experienced for Tenjin OG style. And it was funny to me like to have that little moment of like, what a dumb thing to be frustrated about. But <laughs> that's what gaming in this era was like. You know, there's like dumb things like deal with it, asshole. That's what it is, you know? <laughs> so yeah, so inefficient, but so funny to me also. So once I actually did get it fired up, a silent but deadly title sequence takes you through a bunch of shit on black cards, the title treatment, company and individual developer name credits, the MLB Players Association logo, and then they go through all 26 teams in the league uh, two at a time with, uh, with the little sprites that kind of look like baseball players. And it's, you actually got that thing up above that I had as my key art or my background for the last segment. Um, so it goes through all that, all the teams, and then a demo does fire up and it starts with the national anthem on the scoreboard, you know, so like full fucking experience here. And they even show the lineup selection screen as part of the demo, just as if you were starting the game as a player. And I thought that was something that they probably should have skipped for the demo, you know, like it doesn't make any sense, but whatever. And I don't know if it's the case every time or not. I have no idea. I didn't sit and watch the demo a single other time. But the first time I turned it on, the demo that they showed was Kansas City at Cleveland. And Greg Swindell took the mound for the Mighty Mighty Indians. And I was just like, how prophetic. <laughs> it was just, I know. And again, it's probably, that's probably what happens every single time. And it's just random dumb luck. But to me, there was significance. And right. I, I enjoyed it, you know. So you can I'm hit like, start. They somehow individualize that for you. I'm like, who knows? Who knows what the bat? Who knows what kind of batteries? Who knows what's going on in those in those tiny little pathetic uh, chips that are in that fucking game? <laughs> Could be magic. Who knows? Uh, yeah. So yeah, they, they you can start at any time to bring up the menu, and the options on that menu are one player, two player, watch, continue options. So yes. This is one of those sports games from this era where you can just sit and watch the computer play. And I I just, I have always found this absolutely fucking insane. The notion Why? that anyone would ever do that. Like ever, Why? ever, Like ever. who does that? Right. It's always pitched and they do it here in the manual too as like a watch and learn tool to like, but you're, you know, you're not going to learn anything by watching this unless you genuinely don't know how baseball is, is, is played as a thing. And in that case, who the fuck is picking up this cartridge to play it that, that feels that way about ba that, that doesn't know? You know, it's just crazy to me that this is ever. And, you know, this is like, I mean, you know, they're just running a game where there's no input happening. So maybe the amount of code devoted to this particular feature is rather negligible in the overall. And it's not a big deal. But like space is usually a problem with these games. I just can't imagine you would waste even a byte or a bit or whatever the fuck the proper terminology would be in this case on this feature. Because just why, 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 why? It, I, I would never, ever choose that option. The only thing I can even fathom is they just thought people loved baseball so much that they might sit and just watch like they would watch a game. Like, that's the, the only thing, thing is, I can even fathom. If you which, wanted to do that, and, do. And, 
And granted, it's not the whole game if you but you if you wanted to just sit and watch for a minute, you can let the demo play. And I, I don't know how long the demo is. I didn't let it run its full course, but I mean, I don't know. You maybe that's only a half. I have no idea. But it just yeah, I mean, and, and like yeah, sitting here while you're talking, I was thinking like maybe they put that in there so the game could demo in a Toys R Us or something with a more sustained loop, I guess. But I don't know, man. Just like it just it blows my mind that they that that's in there again because space is at a premium. It's one thing if space is you know, has no value, but in this, in this economy, it does. So the continue function allows you to enter a eight digit alphanumeric code to pick up where you left off in your season mode. And I am always very judgmental of poor password systems and commending of good ones. And this is a good one. There's no zero in the character option set. It only has capital letters. There's no lowercase bullshit. So good fucking job. Tenjin, no Metroid password bullshit here. Good job. <laughs> and that's how, you know, playing on Oji hardware. That's what I mean. I had like that's how I was playing when I did my season thing. I snap a picture, and that's the last picture, last RBI picture in my phone is my password. And I got to awesome. turn it on and put in that password and pick the game up. You know, there's no save stating nice. going on. So it's important to me that that's not shitty. <laughs> I, I should hope you're not save stating on RBI baseball. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that would be sad. That would be really sad. So we're talking one player shit here. So you select that, and you're presented with a team selection screen. Pretty simple shit. I picked the tribe, obviously. Uh, you pick your opponent too, even though this doubles as exhibition mode and the start of a season mode. You know, you don't have like a separate, you know. So that's kind of an interesting way to do it, you know. And you like can that was confusing, man. Like that was so confusing because <laughs> I played one game, you know, and I was like 0 and 1. And then I played the, the next one because I'm like, I, clearly I need to do this more and get better at it. And then I noticed, then I was 1 and 1, and I was like, it. Do I have a season going? Like, does it explain that somewhere? It just, like, add, it just, it just, it? It just added a... Yeah, it just kind of like... Oh, you, going, you just noticed it after you yeah. played the game. I, I thought you were yeah, saying yeah. it just added a game. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, like, meaning I didn't know that at first. Uh, and it was just like, oh, okay, I guess I do have a season going, you know? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no differentiation, which is fucking weird. And then, and here's the really fucking... This is 1989. You're not playing interleague play. You know, you just play... If you're American League, you only play American League teams. And real baseball, I'm saying. And, and here... When you do this, you can pick any team. So you can start with an interleague game. You can pick an interleague game to start. I tried starting with the Cubs once, mm -hmm. and it didn't give me a password after the game. Oh. How, how interesting Thank is you. that? That's why. So, okay. so, that, so, so that's, where, that's where it changes. And I have more shit to talk about this later, too. Like, like that is like, that's like a logical, okay, like, that's the way they do it. If you, if you do that, if you fuck up the algorithm, then it just puts the kibosh on your season but later on some crazy shit happened that we'll get into that i don't want to spoil yet that i don't know man I, I this the season i don't get i need i want to talk to someone about what the rule set is because it doesn't i like I said i play like at least probably a dozen games and i don't get what the system is at all but anyways i pick the yankees most often because fuck the yankees so i start with the yankees and so you can you, you pick your teams and then you can fuck with your starting lineup if so desired on the screen after that and initially i was pretty all set with the studs that uh, manager doc edwards was the 1989 indians manager that he had them all set as even though he would go on to get canned 19 games into the 1989 season and you know that's a, a whole conversation because of, of how bad they were but uh, it goes from there, it cuts to the scoreboard shot for the National Anthem, and then it's play fucking ball. And I noticed in G. Blair's soundtrack that they have the Canadian National Anthem in the game soundtrack. 
So I'm guessing yeah. that plays. I'm guessing that plays at home for Canadian teams. And what kind of amazing is that for an NES game that it has that level of detail? And you know, I, that will be a reoccurring theme here that I will talk about a lot. Like the, there is an attention, like you mentioned in some of the reviews, how like the simulation thing. You know, like these little things like that. Just NES games were not rocking with at the time. So like to pay attention to those things, to actually deliver on them. It, the game is really impressive in a lot of ways on that front. And, and that's, that's really fucking cool. So yeah, that was, that was the, like one of the first times where I was like, wow, I'm kind of blown away by that. If I had had an NES at this time with this game, I would have been, cause this was at the height of my baseball card collecting that I would have loved this. Like yeah, I probably would have been with the so players it. too. Oh, the, only, yeah. the only, the only, only game with the actual players licenses. Yeah, man. Fucking just all yeah. over it. Yep. So the let's talk about the controls and HUD and gets into the on the game starts right after that. So let's let's talk about the way the game plays. And it's like a baseball game on the NES. Not to be a prick, but they're you know they're all kind of the same. Like there's really not if you've ever literally if you played any NES baseball game, you know how to play this game for the most part. Yeah. You know, there are some nuances, but I mean batting A swings and you can move around the batter's box anywhere you want. And obviously your ability to have coverage of the plate or swing at a ball that's you know tight in on you is dependent on where that placement is, but it's just A to swing. And if there's a, a man on base, you can do the base running mechanics to steal with them if you want. And then when you're fielding, when the ball's in the air, you can move your dude around and you can dive or jump with the B button. And this is kind of like, it takes a little bit, even the manual says you got to, you know, it's like, it warns you like it's the same button and you got to like, you got to feel this out as kind of, I forget the exact wording verbatim, but it's kind of the way it, it's like, you know, you, you, the ball's got to be a certain place and your player relative to it in order to enact the dive function or you're just going to jump, you know? So you really got to get the hang of when diving is appropriate or you're just going to fuck your guy up and make him even further away from the ball by jumping and the ball rolls by. So that, that's a little bit of a learning curve. But I would say, generally speaking, once you get like, you know, you I mean, you, you, you there's no question in our game. I don't think I had any good fielding plays, but you had a couple that we get where yeah. we play worthy. Yeah. So, I mean, you can and I, I mean, I had plenty of my one player stuff where you can do some dope ass fielding place for sure with that dive button and in the yeah. jump too on occasion sometimes you get fucked like i had one fly over my head that i jumped on uh against you too like a bouncer too like it bounced over my head like that was like what the yeah. fuck <laughs> you know so yeah. you know the, the, the level of i don't know real physics if that's how far you want to go with it uh as far as that stuff goes it's, it's pretty good i think so after you get the rock be in the d-pad to the direction that you want like the base you want to go like right goes to first up to second uh b and that makes you run to the base and then d-pad to the right and r to whatever direction the base you want to go and a throws it there you know so that is a you know we talked about it a little bit in the two-player co-op too like that's like it's only two buttons but man you a lot of time I've, on more than one occasion i blew a play because i froze up what i thought i could not remember in the moment which one did which <laughs> and there's nothing worse than when you want to run to the base throw into the base and no one's there <laughs> so like you like you will definitely freeze up and blow the play that way instead uh, ahead of or more preferentially than blowing the play and throwing the ball into the dugout you know so that's that was that's a funny thing about the controls and who you control while the ball is in the air can definitely be wonky for sure and unpredictable and it can fuck you if you're not careful. And I kind of feel like, 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 again, like I said, when we were co-op and like it can get to a dependable place once you have played the game enough and are just comfortable with it. So you're usually controlling two players, you know, and like, you just got to know what those are going to be. Cause like it may like if a ball's flying a fly ball to left field, you know, you don't immediately know its trajectory, even though it does have the sound or 
usually you have the sound cues. You didn't have the sound cues, but the ball, the trajectory of the ball is in line with the sound of it, you know, like how far it is up in the air and how close it is to the ground and the, the parabola of it is all like it has a sound cycle tied to it, which is fucking awesome. And honestly, the bases loader does this too. So that's, that's not uh, an entirely unique thing, but it's well done. So, you, you know, once you get used to that, know that you can get a better feel for this too. But anyways, you know, the ball flies off the bat and like, you're thinking like, it could be a high pop. So you're controlling that shortstop and then no, it's actually in the fucking outfield. So you're running your shortstop out. And then you realize halfway through the ball cycle that you should have been bringing your inf- your outfielder in and mm-hmm. the ball just drops in the middle of nowhere. So like until you really get the hang of that shit, it can be super frustrating. But dude, that was my biggest thing that I hated about the controls. Everything else is great that like clearly I made the mistake of throwing it to the wrong base if I'm like pressing in the middle of two, you know, because I was just <laughs> that finger or whatever. But yeah, that control like obviously that's a limitation of the NES. And I would expect it, you know, when I play a current generation game version like MLB or something that you know, I'm bringing one player closer. I can switch easily, you know, and bring the other outfielder in versus, you know, or be being both at the same time. But yeah, that's if you're moving, it's like you're moving them both in tandem. And it's like, oh, now I can't switch to that uh, happened to me tough. so often. Like, that's yeah, so frustrating. Tough. <laughs> once, you know, once you are in control of the player that you want to be in control of, though, and you're just tracking the ball in the proper place with that player, I would say. Good. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I think the ball tracking mechanics are phenomenal in this game. Uh, again, for the era, like bases loaded too, dude. Fucking outfield, uh, fly ball control. It's just so bad, dude. It's so bad in that game. And like I said, that's a game I like, and it's still that bad. So like, yeah, I was just I was wildly impressed with your ability to stay under a ball, properly track it, be in the right place. It's just it was it's pretty well done, I think. And then we have pitching, of course, and A throws the pitch, and you can do things to it with a D-pad to change up how the pitch gets delivered. You can throw the ball 36 miles an hour if you want, if you know how to do that. <laughs> uh, which seems impossible to me that an NBL pitcher could do that, but whatever. And uh, also B in the D-pad throws the base to or throws to a base for a cutoff play if there's a base runner there. And up while pitching is a sinker knuckleball deal. Left and right are cur- curveballs of varying degrees, depending on how much you use them. And down is a fastball down the pipe kind of thing. And no D-pad action. And you can just throw a mater over the plate if you so choose. And then I guess, yeah, if you hold, if you just hold up, is that what you were saying was the, the slow pitch thing? Like, I, yeah. I, I, I could not so, replicate it. I could not replicate dude, it. Dude, that was my favorite thing to do. But I would, like, not want to do it every time, you know. So you would hold up. So you would throw that. Well, variance is important, Jake. It's like but the then, Daniel says, don't tell, your, don't, tell your, <laughs> don't tell your buddy what you're going to do on the last, or what you did on the last pitch. <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's fun. It was so much fun to do that. So you would like throw it and I'm no, I know it's coming in slow and then I'm directing it left or right. So it's like the most tricky thing pitch you could throw. And so, yeah, it would always sometimes even hit the ground like you're swinging at it and it's like going underneath you and i'm moving it to the right like yeah that's that was so fun to do like a little hard like physics wise i'm like how do you throw such a pitch but right. in the game it's right. fun yeah, it's you know yeah i mean rbi baseball it will get into that later when we play the, talk about this stuff you know there is the first one had it in in spades this one it's a, it's a little bit watered down and in turn more challenging but RBI to me has always been a little bit cheesable on the pitching front, you know, because it, it is a 
relative to bases loaded two in particular, it's a little bit watered down on the variants you can do. I mean, base loaded two, you can do crazy cool movement. And like just because of the way the, the pitching is over the shoulder from behind the pitcher, just the, the, the change in uh, okay. what you're trying to do is, you know, it's a completely different level of control and in turn uh, things you can do with, with uh, the pitch movement. So, you know, it's, it, it's never been on that level and, and this isn't, you know, particularly that much better than the first one, but there's certainly enough to, to have fun with it. And, and, you know, the, the, the computer, you can definitely get to a place with certain things where you can completely cheese it and give it no real opportunity to hit, but against a player, there's no, you cannot, there's nothing you can do. And the first one, you could, you could throw a pitch in the first one, that was a strike and the fucking player couldn't hit, you know, and, and I, well, I don't know, actually, maybe the players you could still get at sometimes, but uh, it's, it's definitely not easy to do in this game against a human player. You can, there's, there's no easy out, you know, so uh, not that hitting's easy in this game, but <laughs> it is not easy out. So. Right, right. So get into the actual play of the game. Uh, I already mentioned, I love there are a bunch of different music cues throughout the game and they're all fucking hot. My favorite is the third one. According to our main man, G. Blair soundtrack listing anyways, it's number three. And they also have one word play-by-play voice samples like strike ball out and so on and so forth, which is pretty cool. Anytime you got even remotely discernible voice samples in an NES game, like, good job. And it's weird how base, I feel like so many baseball games do it, you know? It's like, uh, I don't know, it's it's disproportionately present in NES baseball games relative to other NES games, I guess is what I'm saying, you know? Which is interesting to me because i yeah i mean the fuck play ball like base loaded two has that shit too and yeah. the first base loaded has it and i i'm not sure if the first rbi does or not but I, yeah i just feel like it's in a lot of baseball games and i guess maybe it's because they're such short and easily discernible instances of you know words yeah. like like i said this out ball strike whatever but i don't know it's so weird to me how how prevalent it is in baseball games well, i mean so, think about like your experience though like those are going to be key things you expect like from a baseball like sure. every baseball game you're going to hear that like different nfl stadiums they're going to say different stuff like basketball games it's just it's every everything is different but at a baseball game you're going to hear that stuff you know yeah. like you expect to hear it at every game pretty much yeah i guess just the commonality of it and, and the yeah. uniformity of perhaps so I love this is another nuanced thing attention to detail dude i i love how some batters bob their bat a little, you know, yeah. and not all of them either. Some of them, you know, so it's like, it's not just like a everything, you know, it's just, there's just so much of that. Just like fucking, you know, whatever. So yeah, he, they'll fucking, when you're moving around the batter's box, waiting for the pitch, he'll fucking like wiggle his bat, you know, and that's fucking awesome, man. It's uh, such a, such a great and impressive behavioral detail mm-hmm. for an NES sports game that you're just not fucking getting, man. Just not fucking getting it this time. So it's the same with the pitcher checking the second base behind him occasionally that like, I didn't even notice when I was playing first one player. Oh yeah. Know. Maybe because I never let runners on base, really. <laughs> but when I'm playing one player, I mean. But because uh, Tom Candiotti's a fucking animal. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, what we were playing, I noticed that the fucking the, the pitcher will, uh, you know, uh, I noticed a while a player while a guy was on base, but I, we learned that he did do it even when no one was on base, which kind of sucks a little bit. But just the fact that it's there at all, that like he'll like turn around and give it a look before he throws the pitch. That's that's again just super fucking cool, man. Yes. Animation, you know that that. Again, space at a premium. You just they just did not waste cart space on shit like that back then. So it's fucking awesome that they found a way to do it here. 
and still have the watch mode. <laughs> <laughs> right. Clearly, Tension was working something out on the yeah. di- on the disk space front. Right, 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 right. So yeah, the the replay shit is wildly impressive for any S tier oh. thing. Like it's so yes. yeah, like I you know. Well, I never. I, I wouldn't say I ever saw one, even after like you know, I wrote this note uh, after two games is when I made this determination. But there wasn't a single time where it did a replay that wasn't warranted. You know, like you would expect to have at least an occasional one that's like that's fucking not replay worthy. But like right. it was always a dope ass fielding play, like a fucking double play or like a good dive and you're whipping the ball across. And yeah, that's the thing. It's not like I'm not even sure how it could have metrics like that. Like I mean, I guess maybe the dive. And it's got to be like a dive and like a throw out within a certain distance. Yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. but like it, it, it had the numbers down to where it was not shitty at all. It was really, really good, you know, so. You wanted to watch those replays. You're like, yeah, look yeah, at that. Yeah, for sure, for <laughs> sure, for sure, yeah. So, yeah, fucking, I just really fucking impressive um, detail again. Just over and over and over again. Uh, I my, my the first fucking like actual gameplay note I have is sidearm pitchers, just as with bases loaded too. And you hadn't seen one apparently because in our co-op game you were like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> so yeah, the the Indians closer is Jesse Roscoe, who was he was pretty good. He was like I think he was like a, a relatively frequent All Star and stuff. Maybe not for the Indians, but he played for a long time as a lot of closers do. And yeah, he's got a sidearm delivery and he strikes motherfuckers. Man, with that thing, it's so weird. Like, yeah, you I mean, give, you can give your whole spiel, fucking, you know. Such yeah. a cheese. It's such a <laughs> It's like he winds up differently. Way and, yeah, way and it's like it's like his arm goes off to the side, and you see it off to the side, and the next thing you see, he moves and the ball's like halfway down the down the field. Like you have less time to react. It's I can't even explain. Like, that's the best I can explain. It's like a cheat. Like, I don't understand these pitching yeah. style. Like, I get trying to make it more authentic, but somehow it just comes off as, like, way harder to hit. It's, it's way harder. You know, I mean, I'm, that's, you know, it's got to be. The, like, is that a real-life thing? I don't know. I feel like that's Oh, yeah. Some, oh, yeah. Sidearm uh, pitchers like that, and that's, it's a fucking thing, dude. Like, the Indians, actually, the Guardians now, have a player, this guy, actually, he, he's not particularly good, and I hate him. Uh, he fucking when I was watching the few games I watched last year, uh, he would definitely blow games all the time. Adam Simber, I want to say is his name. And he's got, yeah, it's like, dude, it's fucking wild. Like, I, I, in real life, when I watch pitchers like that throw, I just don't know how their body doesn't fall apart when they do it. Like, it, looks, <laughs> it looks so painful the way, and it looks so bad for their knees and ankles. And like, it just looks, oh, it just looks genuinely painful, man. And, but yeah, I mean, you know, it goes without saying that, doing that and throwing the ball like that it i mean you're, you're literally that they call it submarine pitchers because you're literally throwing the ball up it like it's it's trajectory from its start point to the catcher's mitt is often higher which goes without saying the physics of that yeah that goes without saying the physics of that are crazy you know so and and crazy different than your traditional overhand pitcher or even side you know so uh, it yeah it, it's a it's it's a relatively rare and unique and valuable commodity to have on your staff because it is again pitching and batting is just all about the head game of it and like any sort of nuanced difference in the way a pitch is coming at you which is why like i love to hear your description of the difficulty it presents you because that's exactly what it's supposed to be really, <laughs> the ball is coming from a different fucking place than the yeah. ball usually comes from when i do this activity so like that's exactly the difficulty i'm like it's where is it coming like, from so exactly that's exactly how you should feel that's how it should you know so so it's funny to me uh how how perfect that aligned but 
Yeah, that's why I mean, yeah, and like, you know, this again, because of the, the pitching system is so much simpler than bases loaded too, and I can't help but compare these things constantly. And apologies if that bothers anyone listening to this. <laughs> but the and and bases loaded too, I mentioned we were co-op and like the sidearm pitchers, I mean, you know, like I mean like exactly what I said. Like when the fucking CPU puts one in, I just want to smash my controller on the ground. When I I know their names, I've played enough base load too. I know when they're putting those motherfuckers in, and like it makes me want to smash because I know I'm not gonna get a hit until that until that pitcher. Like the best thing you can do is just not swing at anything and take as many balls as you can to tire that guy out so we can get the fuck out of there and get a guy in there that you can actually hit. Because you cannot – like the ball goes in a place that you're below where your bat can swing. Because in bases loaded two, you can only swing your bat in nine different places. It's like up and left, up, up and right, right, down and right, wow. down. There's like nine frames where you can gotcha. swing your bat. And the ball comes in between – strike balls i mean comes in between the the down and the, the and the hitting no direction space it comes in here you know and it's just like like you sit there you're like you fucking and like it's just nintendo pixel like one or two of them you know so you're like every time you're like no i fucking hit that one fuck you you know and like and like <laughs> occasionally because you can move the pitcher can move anywhere like the batter only has those nine specific swing spots but right. the pitch, but you can move the pitching, the pitching, uh, range, movement range is anywhere. You know, you can drop it anywhere. So like, occasionally those fuckers will throw one that creeps up enough to get whacked. So like, you 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 can convince yourself that I should swing at this one, even though you know the smart thing is to just swing at nothing until that <laughs> guy tires himself. You know. So yeah, they're just dude. They are so fucking frustrating and bases loaded too. You know. So. It was uh, also why I enjoyed your frustration, I suppose. Dude, that's pretty much how it felt yeah. to me. Like, without being able to see the squares, it's like, I just, I can't, I can't hit it. Like, <laughs> oh. yeah. So speaking of pitching, as I mentioned, there is a substantial pitching cheese tactic that works almost 100% of the time in the first game. And it's pretty much just, you're just, you line your pitcher all the way up to one side of the mound and the batter needs to be batting from that same side. Like this doesn't work against a switch, a righty lefty lefty righty. This doesn't work against, but righty 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 lefty lefty. It works against. I guess is the best way to say that. And so yeah, you just line your pitcher all the way up on that that side of the mound as the batter is. If you pitch with that arm, and then you just do a fastball, basically just holding the forty-five degree direction down and away from from that side that you guys are both on, and you basically will throw a speedy curveball that crosses the plate and just nips the corner of the home plate and the batter can't hit it you know like just they just either they don't or they can't when you're playing the computer and you can literally just strike every motherfucker out that is that if you're a right-handed pitcher you can strike every right-handed batter out with that pretty much i mean every now and again especially if you let your if you let your pitcher tire down Mm -hmm. This it gets your your movement changes a little bit and you it won't go all the way as far across the plate. But if mm. it's a if it's a fully uh, full endurance pitcher, it'll fucking one thousand percent strike 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 strike. And it's not nearly as fail proof in this, but the same idea is pretty effective against the computer. So you know it took me I don't know three or four games to because like I said it's not the exact same so like you know especially if I really wanted an out even in my first game I was like I'll try that see if that works you know check fucking fence test that and like it's that yeah it requires a little more nuance and a little less like just exact 
same. You know, yeah, you have press. to do like a little bit of like wait an extra second before you hit the movement so he doesn't start the curve immediately. Like it, like there's a little bit of nuance to it, but it's pretty mm-hmm. dependable. And Tom Candiotti specifically has incredible movement on his pitches. So like not every, and that's, you know, that's, it's awesome. You know, it makes sense. The pitch, the, the players have stats. So of course this would be the case, right. but like, you know, some pitchers have more movement than others. And Tom Candiotti has a fucking amazing breaking ball. So like, it's just like fucking strike, 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 strike. I, I played games where I struck like fucking, you know, 23 batters out or some shit, you know, and it's just literally the only ones who didn't strike out were the lefties. <laughs> you know, uh, so yeah, it's a, an amazingly dependable thing that I, I learned pretty early on and, 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 and employed whenever I could. Like, not every, it wouldn't work for every pitcher. And like, again, if you have, like, I'll get into a story later where, you know, a, a particularly right handed heavy batting team is more susceptible than a team with a lot of lefties, you know? So, it was it was uh, at, at times more effective than others. But did you have did you find any cheeses that were really uh, not well? Only <laughs> I don't know if it's a cheese, but kind of I I could repeatedly throw a like curved knuckle knuckleball like slow and like the sinker the one that swing yeah yeah, yeah those, like, those they bite on those a lot, but they're you tire your pitcher the fuck out with those. You can't use them yeah a lot or, yeah. Yeah, I would just repeat, like, just do that over and over. And, yeah, it, it would help me out because at first, like, I lost. Like, my first game, I definitely lost. And I was like, what is going on here? And, like, why is my pitching? But then I would learn, like, kind of like with you, I would just switch it up with these very slow curves and stuff. And I'm surprised this works. The computer would just – oh, they're... Yeah, dude. I, that, that's I mean, but I, I couldn't keep doing the same thing. That's the only thing. Like, I couldn't sure. keep – there was nothing that I could just reliably, like, every time I'm going to do this, every time. But I, if yeah. – when I needed – when I absolutely needed to strike out, you better believe I was going to drop like <laughs> a very slow, like knuckleball and curb it. Well, you shouldn't be swinging at all because it's unhittable, but he's going to swing because it yeah. looks, you know, right. yeah, and it would work pretty often. Yeah, I was getting pissed off in our co-op play for sure. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm readjusting my headphones just the way I was doing when we were playing. I get the same fucking agitated tick just happened while you were talking about it as we were playing i was like what the fuck? 36 mile an hour like an nlp MLB's <laughs> like if you do an mlb player a 36 mile an hour pitch that was anywhere in the realm of hitability it would land in fucking the next zip code <laughs> you know what i mean uh, so i was, it was so frustrated oh. anyways unless you misjudge which was the thing because it almost seemed like a cheat you know that i can like i'm gonna slow this down to the point where it's going to drop to the ground, but I'm going to curve it so you think you can hit it, but I'm going to shimmy it like way off <laughs> out of reality where it's clearly a ball, but you're going to swing, you know? Idiot's game shit for sure. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, hitting the ball on the rare occasion you do hit a dinger, which is not dude, very right. seldom. I, I only do, like, that's what, that's, I was fucking thrilled when I hit the one against you with Corey Snyder because <laughs> I, dude, I, I maybe two before that total in all the games I had played on my own, you know? So I just not hitting dingers, dude. So that was the pretty rare occasion for me, at least. I don't know if it was any more more frequent for you, but the sure. when you do hit one, the distance of it in feet pops up on the screen as like just as the ball clears the wall, you know, and a cel- celebratory little music ditty plays. Then the camera pans up to the blue sky, and a few sporadic fireworks pop off, and they of course show you the replay after after every one of those, and they some southern nuance stuff. They have a seventh inning stretch music ditty specifically between the top and the bottom of the seventh and again just impeccable attention to detail in this game you know to have that there and and, and be present because that is even though I, and i've heard the story of why it exists 
but I can't think of it offhand. I wish I could mm. just memory say where that originates. It's definitely like this antiquated Americana thing that I can't think of right now off the top of my head. But it's it, it's without you know it's just it's just an inter, like a integral part of the baseball experience, the seventh inning stretch, you know. Which it, to me, it's such a weird place for it. Like that's yeah, why it's not the yeah. middle. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not the middle. It's not even it's not even it's in the middle of an inning. You know, which is, it's such a random, if you just, yeah, if you looked at it like an even number distribution, it's such a random data point <laughs> in the, the whatever, you know, so hitting, let's talk about hitting. I am so fucking bad at hitting in baseball games, Jay. It's so bad. I, or I should say, I am so bad at being patient in the batter's box. Like I swing, I said this in our co-op too, at everything, like a total bitch, dude, every pitch. I can't stop myself. It's so hard. <laughs> It's so hard not to because you're playing baseball. Like, you're just defensive uh, when you're a fielder. Like, this is your chance to score. Like, uh, swing or you don't. You know? So, it's that's, like, the, don't that's wanna, just so like... the wrong mentality to take into, a, into baseball, though, which is so predicated on patience, you know? And yeah. So, because of that, because I swing at everything, I am hitting this in this game in particular so many dribblers. It's either a dribbler or a pop fly. Pop fly. Yep. Yep. So many pop flies. Hold it, hold it. Well, you may run like maze, but you hit like shit. Were you getting a lot of dribblers? Mostly pop flies, but yes, I got a good amount of those too. The dribblers were sooner. the dribblers were where my offense came from, dude. Because you know some of those dribblers, yes, they just dribble to a player and you're thrown out, whatever. But a lot of those dribblers for me would squeak through the infield somewhere and when one of those really shitty dribblers squeaks by the infielder it's just gonna roll forever to the warning track essentially like the the the, the friction physics in this game are not very <laughs> very uh restraining on the ball rolling yeah. so yeah every one of them that would get past the second baseman or the shortstop would just fucking roll to the track i did i had I think I did one in our game too, but I, I mean, I probably had three or four inside the park home runs in my play, which is, you know, crazy. Like I have a whole story definitely later. did not get one on our game. No, definitely. no, I did not. I, think, I, definitely, <laughs> I definitely, I'm pretty sure I got at least a triple. I mean, I had, you got I, a triple for yeah, sure. Yeah. The number of triples I got in playing this game, like that's probably the, honestly, I probably had more triples than any other hmm. thing in, in the game. You know, like most of my offense would come from those dribblers and they would always bring guy. Yeah. It's a triple was the minimum. <laughs> when that happened you know so so fucking really wild and, and weird thing i thought because yeah that was not something that would happen to me like by the from the computer uh and i don't feel like you had any either so it must just be something dumb i do at the plate that causes it to happen you know it's gotta be the, way, the way you're swinging because i i had a lot more pop-ups like my offense would be mostly doubles i would say you know where i'm able to hit it over the infielder's head but then the outfielder is able to pick it up, and I can only get the second. Like that for me would happen more often than it. Uh, yeah, no, that. But I, but I probably hit like four or five homers overall. Still not a lot, but it's like yeah. golf, dude. I get one of the reasons I can't play. All right, don't and can't play golf is because I can't get the ball to. It's just straight, just wax straight. I cannot get any <laughs> lift on the ball. So it's, yeah, it's just like that to me. Like I'm not getting anything. No air play at all. It's all just like <laughs> fucking rolls. Fucking off the damn thing. So yeah, so. Getting to like my favorite part about this dribbler thing. So I realized uh, I was like my third or fourth game, maybe that Joey fucking Bell 
is on my bench in this game. And if you know anything about sports from this era or baseball from this era, uh, particularly the Indians, that's Albert Bell. And Albert Bell would go on to become like a short-lived absolute dinger king. Like when the Indians got really hot there in the mid nineties, like 93, 94, 95, like 94, the strike shortened season, they were going to, they were, they won hundred games in the strike shortened season. They were like, they were fucking lit for a few years there in the early nineties. And, and Albert Bell was a big part of that. He was their fucking cleanup hitter. And that motherfucker was crushing 40 dingers every year. He was fucking uh, probably on steroids, I'm sure. But especially knowing who he was and what he would become personality wise, like I have zero doubt that he was on steroids, but anyways, he, is in this game, and this is 89, so he's still pretty young, so he's still definitely Joey Bell at this time, because that was the thing. He would, he was, his name is Joey Bell, I think it's Albert, is his middle name, and for some reason, at some point, he decided that he wanted to be called Albert Bell and not Joey Bell, for fucking God knows what reason. I don't, I never, even though I know all these things about the, his story, I have no idea why he wanted the name changed, uh, oh. or to be, to be called differently, and it became a thing, like, because he was kind of, he was a little bit of a polarizing player to begin with. He had an attitude, and he's a dinger king. So, like, you know, other teams' fans hated him and whatever. And, like, there was, I'm pretty sure it was a, a, in Cleveland, it was a, so local kids that were calling him Joey one time. And he tried to fucking run him over with his fucking SUV or some shit. And it was, like, a big news story. And that was just because they were calling him Joey. They were literally just like a bunch of kids called Joey, Joey, Joey. He tried to fucking run him over. So like, Whoa. Like, yeah, super fucking weird uh, response to a stupid thing that, you know, I don't know, whatever, super weird. But that, of course, made hecklers. Once that happened and it became a big news story of every stadium he went to, you have a whole stadium of people going, Joey! Joe, like the whole time he's fucking in the batter's box and like just, you know, nonstop. He's out in the outfield. Everyone in the outfield is fucking calling him Joey. Like, you know, and it was just a huge fucking thing. And uh, wow. that's its own unique story. But I put him in and started trying to hit dingers with his ass. And I get to a story later where he was my first inside the park home run. Like, I think the first game I had him in, he has an inside the park home run. I'm like, and that's, again, he's a dinger king. He's not, it's like, like a little bit of a stocky dude. He's not a fast guy. So the fact that I got an inside the park home run with that dude is insane to me. <laughs> yes. Did you see like what did you have any like glitch things? I have the one that we talked about already and I'll, I'll mention here, but did you have any like weird glitches, anything that you saw fucking playing the game? I don't think so. Not on my end. Only, only when we were playing the two player, but like when I was playing one player, I didn't. Yeah. I don't think I really had anything like that happen. It's pretty smooth. Surprisingly. So yeah, I just had the, the one that, that stood out to me most was that thing about the base running that I mentioned. So if you, if you have a force out at second, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, this is whether you're the base runner or not. It doesn't matter. It's, it, well, it's more calculable and, and discernible because you're paying attention to your base runner in this case. But if you are running the first baseline and you got a g- guy coming from first and there's a force out and then that person throws to first in hopes of a double play. And in that case, the batter is still running up the first baseline to first base, right? The, se- the, the batter will always slide going into first when that pitch is happening. And uh, and you're not even sure, really. You can't tell because of what I'm about to describe. But you hear the slide. The slide has a specific sound. When a player is sliding, it makes this, like, sound, you know? Mm -hmm. So you hear that sound, so I'm assuming it's a slide. And when they get near the base pad, that sound will happen. And then, and this is an every-time thing, too. It's not, like, just, oh, randomly that I noticed it one time. Every single time this little scenario plays out, the, the you hear that sound, and then the batter will glitch 
onto the other side of the base. So in the first to second baseline. And it'll be sliding back to first with like actual slide animation, you know. So like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, again, I mentioned it when we we're co-oping, but like my guess is that there's just no slide animation in the game because they had to have that fucking watch mode. <laughs> and so in turn, they just like the code just glitches to what is the normal slide animation on a cutoff play, you know, uh, going back to first, you know, and just, instead of having the whole fucking game explode, it just does that, you know, and it's, every time That's I saw it, I just, I just chuckled to myself how like NES that is, you know. <laughs> uh, okay, so this is a crazy ass fucking story I got from my first one player experience. So we talked about how the, the team selection thing kind of gets wonky and like, you, like, are you starting to season mode? We had that whole discussion. We were talking about the title right. screen and the game setup. So the first time I tried to continue, so I started in that instance against Texas, right? Uh, mm-hmm. The the Rangers. And so I lost a fucking heartbreaker on some bullshit in the bottom of the ninth in that game. So I was 0-1 and I turned the game back on to start it up from that. And it just, you know, it just picks your next team. And the game pits me against the American League All-Star game in game two. What? What the fuck, right? Which yeah, we, didn't, we didn't mention that, but it does have the All-Star game team, which is cool for the, you know, for exhibition play. But clearly, Why? what are you doing playing them <laughs> in the season mode or in any regular, you know, whatever. And so, like, it did that, but I didn't notice it, dude. Like, I played... So I'm just going like, I, you know, again, like the abbreviations are weird. So like, you don't even, you know, you don't even necessarily process what team you're playing. And I was just, you know, and I was trying to hit the fucking dingers. I'm just, let's go, you know? So I wasn't even paying attention to who I was playing. And I got to probably the fifth inning dude before I started like looking at the player names. And I was like, it's like Ripken. I'm like, Cal Ripken. I'm like, okay, but like, that's not, I'm not playing the Orioles. What's going on here? And the next batter, <laughs> the, ne- the next batter is Mark McGuire. Or I see McGuire, I'm like, that must be Mark. Like, what the fuck's going on here? And then Kirby Puckett, too. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here, man? And, like, I noticed. I'm like, holy shit, I'm playing the fucking all-star team. And <laughs> at this juncture of the game, like I said, this is, I think, like, the fifth inning. At this juncture of the game, my starting pitcher, Tom Cadiotti, had struck out 12 batters through four innings. So, like, damn near every batter I've struck out. And wow. and then, and this, like, this is my second game, and then that's when Joey fucking Bell got his inside-the-park home run off a dribbler uh, that would roll all the way to the center field wall. And that is off... The Nolan Ryan Express, like fucking Nolan Ryan was pitching for them. I realized once that happened, what? and I'm like, yeah, like. And by the way, I would like to point out, I remembered that nickname off the top of my head. I did not look to have to look that up to know that he was called the Express. And I would like to, I would like some level of acknowledgement of my knowledge of 1989 MLB baseball <laughs> to, to to remember that fucking nickname because that's I feel like I don't know Nolan Ryan, while one of the best pitchers ever, is that that still was not like a household Ohio boy piece of knowledge that is impressive yeah it's impressive so, yeah, so i would i would go on to win that game one nothing dude against the american league against the american league all-star team nice my only fucking run being a joey fucking bell inside the park <laughs> home run and I, I had four hits in the whole game the all-star team had two and i had 21 thrown strikeouts in the fucking game against the wow. fucking all-star team right and i want you Jay, to think about that series of events and understand <laughs> how incredible it all is. Like the all-star team not knowing, fucking striking out all those players not even knowing. And like their entire lineup is all right-handers. I didn't, you know, you know it's not, again, I did not. Ah, uh, okay. You know, so like I'm literally, they had one left-handed player and 
It is Harold Baines, who was an Expos player, which I vaguely remember his name. And he had he had both of their two hits because he was the only literally the, the only the only lefty in their lineup, and he's the one that had two hits. You know, so yeah, fucking That's just crazy. in the yeah. Just an amazing, amazing, amazing fucking thing. And Tom Candiotti is a righty, so right, all righty, righty stuff. And you just fucking that cheese thing, like I said, you know, pretty wild, man. It's a good thing there were no all stars on the '89 Cleveland Indians. Otherwise, this game could have never even occurred. You know. <laughs> yeah, wild though. I just couldn't fucking That's crazy, it. man. Yeah, I, I fucking just, I just, I fucking love Nintendo and, and every pause. Just so, so <laughs> everything about that situation is just so Nintendo, and it just it can't happen anywhere else. And I fucking love it, man. I absolutely fucking love Nintendo. After these messages, we'll be right back. When you really want to get into the game. Get Tengen RBI Baseball, the only video game licensed by the Major League Baseball Players Association for your Nintendo. It's you and the pros for Roger Clemens here. Flash Vince Coleman the steal sign. Let Gibson swing for the fences. It's going, going, go! RBI Baseball, the one the pros pitch. That is an RBI Baseball 1 commercial, a kid fantasizing in his room about playing baseball with major leaguers reasonable choice for a a baseball game commercial and as far as the players they name in it roger clemens yes superstar for decades definitely at this time included so okay vince coleman never heard that name in my fucking life <laughs> so i was like okay let's let's find out why vince coleman's in this game so i started looking up vince coleman vince coleman is a left fielder that spent his first six seasons with the cards where he led the nl and steals every single fucking year years wow. one years one through three were each over the hundo count dude what hold, do you I, and no. I, I i did not know the significance of what i was reading when i first read it here but i dove more into it dude only four players have ever done that once this dude did it three years in a row to start his career that seems impossible <laughs> right Precisely. It, it, Are you fucking, stealing a you're stealing a base like most games? It's like yes. you're stealing a base. It's insane, dude. It's an absolute insane level of of of, wow. of of performance. So he is sixth all time in steals, playing only 13 years, and no one else in the top 10 played less than 17. So Ricky wow. Henderson's at the top too, as you might imagine, but he played like fucking 47 years. <laughs> yeah. He's also way ahead of everyone else, but. He did play forever. No. So anyways, so this dude, Vince Coleman, so he started with the cards six seasons, right? And then I'm like looking at his career path, trying to see like, why, why don't I know this guy's name? If he like, you know, and like stealing bases, like I said, Ricky Henderson was my favorite player. So like the, a base stealer of significance would have stood out to me as interesting and cool as a kid. So, and this, you know, this is when I was watching. So, so he goes to the Mets in 91, right? And this was like a free agency deal. And like, he made a lot of money at the time for, for a free agency deal. And basically, once he goes to New York, he has drastically reduced games played counts for the last seven years of his career. So that's weird. That's a strange thing. So, like, I'm assuming, especially for a base runner, like injuries, right? That's like that. That looks like an injury thing. These injuries derail his career and whatever. Not the case. The reasonings for this are fucking wild, dude. So this guy was a fucking asshole, dude. Like, this guy is like. Next level fucking dickhead, bro. So, That's... so the shit starts with. So he's being he he's named like right after he gets to New York. He he's named as one of three players charged with sexual assault of a woman in Florida, and like that's terrible. But you know, 
not to minimize the importance of the significance or like how horrible that is, but like that happens all the time. Like, you know, sports players do dumb shit. They get into bad sexual situations. Some of it justified, some of it not, or not justified, but some of it true and some of it not, you know, that's a wacky gray area, of course, but that's not terribly uncommon. So I read that. I'm like, oh, whatever. Like, that's not cool, but fucking okay. And then you start, dude, from, that's like the best thing that he <laughs> is in this list what? by a, oh by a mile. That's the best thing in a long list of fucked up shit, dude. So, okay. So then reports come out that he ignores coaches on the base paths. He just steals whenever the fuck he wants, however the fuck he wants, which is, you know, probably how he got those hundred. Like, you know, he's like literally right. running whenever he wants. Like, I'm curious to know. And you, I guess there probably is stats out there for it, but like failed attempts, I'm curious. What the ratio is, you know, because it's yeah. by that kind of report, it's like probably much higher, you know. Uh, and, and that, by the way, I would like to clarify, is not worse than sexual assault, uh, but <laughs> it is uh, one of the shitty things. Uh, but he, so he also going from there into things that are actually bad. He uh, outside of baseball, I mean, off the field. So he injures professional cokehead Dwight Gooden's arm by swinging a golf club recklessly in the clubhouse. He's just swinging what? a golf club and he hurts Dwight Gooden, who's like the all, you know, until his coke problem fucked his life up. He right. was like the he dude. Was great. Right? Yeah, he was fucking like unreal pitcher, dude. Him and Daryl Strawberry, that's like the whole thing. Yeah. They were like champion yeah. cokeheads and the Mets and the whole deal in the 80s. But fucking, you know, like that's insane. You hurt your star player, your team's fucking arm with a fucking golf club in the club. Like that is just unfucking real. No way. <laughs> so here's here's the coup de gras of this. If that's the that's the right pronunciation of that, he then throws a lit fucking firecracker into a crowd of autograph seekers in the Dodger Stadium parking lot, injuring three kids. No, what? Tr true fact. True fact. Like confirmed report, not hearsay. Uh, he ends up doing a bunch of community service, gets suspended from the team, and he basically. You know, he eventually gets ousted from New York. He bounces around a couple other teams. Same kind of deal. Everyone fucking hates him. And he, he's out of the league by 13 years in, despite being just like this transcendent level talent. You know what I mean? So it's 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 kind of like the Pete Rose endorsement on that one Sega game. It's like they just don't know what he's going to become, you know. But they, they, yeah, they didn't know all this in 1989 when they put him in this fucking commercial, you know. So it's, it's, it's funny to me that, uh, yeah. Um, so the link to that commercial will be in the show notes if you want to give that a look, but that's who Vince Coleman is also pretty fucking wild. Um, so, okay. So season mode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and by the way, Jay, before we get into this, that home run, does it look familiar to you? That was me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I already knew. I was like, he's going to, I was like, his head's covering it. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yeah, they, we've known each other long enough for me to be mildly predictable for you. That's good. Uh, so anyway, yeah, season mode. Season mode. Yeah, how fucking wacky is it that you can play all stars? Like, so what? Like, I just can't, like we don't. E like, I just don't even know. I can't even begin to guess how it actually goes. For I mean, you know, there's just no chance we're gonna do it for the, the pod. And I guess we could have probably googled it. But like, do you play 162 games? Are you playing the fucking all star teams all the time? Like, is there interleague play? And like, no, because they squashed that interleague play thing. But they clearly. Like, how do they squash don't the interleague play thing? Yeah, yeah, we'll let you play, yeah, play All-Star team. Like, what the fuck is the system there, you know? And, dude, it was just, like, I kept, like, my season kept going after that. Like, I, my season has continued. Like, it's just one of my wins, you know? And I, like, I, 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 I didn't play them again the next thing. Like, I moved on to some other fucking, some other American League team. I wonder if, like, the All-Star team. team is just, like, a one-time thing, you know? And it, instead of being, like, after you've played maybe half your season or something, 
and then it just like randomly does it. You are so you're so forgiving. You're such a forgiving uh, person with like the these old games is like like what should just be like no it's, it's just insane. You're just like oh well you know here's what I'm thinking. But they could have had this rather. You're so forgiving. You're such a forgiving human being. Jay. No, dude, <laughs> I'm analyzing it. I'm like what could have caused this to be a logical outcome? I need I, I need, you know? I need <laughs> the numbers to line up. I need to make sense of it. I can't just grasp right. the chaos. Otherwise, it's just like why. You know? <laughs> Everything like sometimes things happen in these old games. And you're like, why? That makes no sense. And other times, like, there's got to be some logical reason for this to be like this. Like, it, yeah. you know, kind of like how we were talking about with just the picture of this artwork and like why it's this weird way. And you can come up with like, yeah, that's exactly how that would go. That's what I'm and, doing. And like, you gotta have an answer. It's funny. Yeah. I, so I, I have like, I have, you know, I've self self fucking analysis over the years getting older you do a lot of that like why did i do that why did i do that why did i change here what, what's different about me then and from or from then to now you know thought a lot of like i was like a very like going into college i remember being a very rigid like living and i still am like i want every my everything i'm very organized type a i, I want my space to be clean organized and like i don't want services covered and things like i'm very type a particular right but i remember going to college and we lived in moral tower and you know those are suites of eight dudes, right? And like, yeah. Did you live in? Were, were you in the towers? No, no. But I you had, were south. You know, I've. Well, remember, I went to Ohio State like for the summer for my scholarship program, like right. two weeks from seventh grade until college. So I've stayed. I've stayed there. Yeah. Okay. But it's different for kids, even like, with a bunch of people. Like we were like seventeen at the time, so it was sure, but still a short close. period of time, dude. <laughs> Living in a suite of seven dudes for a whole year, like yeah, that's wow. all next level. Dude, that, and I guess you know not everyone knows what fucking Moral Tower is. So like, so these were suites of eight kids, and you had four bedrooms. Each bedroom had a little study room where two desks were in for the two kids in the, in that one bedroom, and then you had a hub room, and off that was a bathroom with like three toilet stalls, two showers, four sinks, and then there was a living room common area where the exit to the whole suite was, and. So we're in here with seven strangers. You get put, put into this situation. And like, you don't know what you're going to get. I got rock stars. I got two lacrosse players. I got one dude who was on drugs of all kinds all the time. Two former baseball players that couldn't cut it at Ohio State, but still had the, the athlete jock thing going on with them. Another dude who was like just destined for fraternity life, you know, and then me. And then uh, I ended up actually having- destined for fraternity life. <laughs> to some degree. I wasn't. I, I didn't join until my sophomore year, though. I didn't, I didn't actually join my- my, uh, but yes, eventually. <laughs> uh, although I would say going into college, definitely not. Like that was a very like conscious change in mentality towards it, which is why I didn't join my freshman year, you know, uh, because I was like, I thought I didn't want to, I don't want to pay for my friends kind of thing, you know? Uh, anyways, my room, I, my actual guy in my room left after fall quarter because he like, just like flaked on college, you know? So I ended up having an empty room for, for much of, of, of the second half of the year, but wow. the rest of us, it was just chaos, dude. And like that common room got so filthy and disgusting I, dude oh my god it was it was inhibitable i mean it was genuinely inhibitable and you know we would be sitting because they would the, the cleaning people would come in like once or twice a week you know usually I, I remember the weekends it was often and like we would be it would always happen on like a saturday morning we had went out friday night and just got roasted till 4 a.m fucking drank 47 heinekens or some shit and fucking everyone is just like <laughs> near dead in the dark because there's no windows in this in this room so we're just in the dark watching the campus buckeye tv probably either casino or office space for the two movies that were on the entire time basically the entire year we're watching one of those two movies we're all 
fucking just like near death and like the room is just broken bottles pizza boxes papa john's it's just the most disgusting environment ever beer cups cigarette fucking butts and them spilled sticky beer everywhere empty cases empty cans we had stolen a trash can from the trash room and just that's overflowing in our room you know like a, an industrial sized trash can oh my gosh so, they're just so disgusting bro so fucking disgusting and i remember one time we're sitting there and this is probably halfway through the year we're sitting there and the door because the, the cleaning people just had a key and they could just come in you know because obviously not people aren't always there so fucking <laughs> The fucking cleaning person walks in and like there's like three or four of us sitting there and we just look over at him and they like look at the room around us and we're like uh the one dude i'm with derek he's like he looks at the guy he's like you know what guys you don't have to come back here anymore we're sorry just you know just walk right on by from now on and it's our problem you know and then they never came back the cleaning people never really? came back <laughs> like that's how filthy it was they were like you're right okay bye <laughs> you know so yeah so anyways my whole point of this is i, I had to learn to teach myself I taught myself that year to let go. And it's like, sometimes chaos ensues. Like you can't control everything. You have to just accept shittiness and a chaos in the world around you, or you'll never be happy. <laughs> so like, <laughs> while I'm a type A organization, structure, answer oriented individual, I can also go, fuck it. That's just how that is. <laughs> and that's how I was with that fucking living space. I was like, I can't control this. I would like it to be different, but there's no way I'm gonna get these guys to adapt. And I just got a little bit. <laughs> so I, I taught myself at age 19. It was, yeah, I think I just turned 19. Uh, to, to learn with, to live with chaos in the world, you know, which is a uh, good thing because I wouldn't be able to work in film the way I do without that because film is chaos. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, anyway, nice. back to fucking RBI baseball. Yeah, I mean, really the only thing I had seen, it was just, you know, it is a bit repetitive. And, and other than the nuance of, like, not really understanding what the season mode system was, there is no change in, like, I, I didn't see an increase. Granted, you probably wouldn't, even if there was, in difficulty or whatever. Like, the way tech, the way Super Tecmo Bowl, and probably, I think Tecmo Bowl, too. Uh, I, don't, I haven't played that one nearly as much. But Super Tecmo Bowl, for sure, as you go through the season, it gets harder. No matter who, what the teams are, it's not, like, your schedule based. It's just the game gets harder right. as it goes on, you know? So maybe this has that, although I have a theory later on that we'll talk about that I don't, I don't know um, that we'll get into where I kind of discovered something that surprised me about the difficulty stuff. Um, but yeah, this wasn't a ton. I mean, did you, I mean, you, you said you only played like a half dozen games too. Like, yeah, I probably played like six to eight games, maybe a little more than that, but I didn't, yeah, I didn't track it long enough to be able to say like, Oh, it's getting, cause I was getting better, you know, obviously as the, the more I played. So I went from like losing 10 to one, Right. to winning like nine to four and then all of us you know i'm, I'm doing better so it's kind of independently yeah yeah i got to yeah and, and the games i played i got to the point where i especially with that pitching cheese thing oh you sure know, you know yeah i was i was uh not still not wasting teams but because batting mm -hmm. is so fucking hard for me but really winning pretty reliably most of the time uh i think i want to say I, I lost that first game that nail biter in the ninth inning like i mentioned and then i think i've, I've won every game since so yeah i mean i got to that point where I, yeah i was like i want to i was like this is too easy I should be losing yeah. every now and again, you know, uh, so maybe I'll switch it over to hard and, and see how that goes. So, you know, I can't continue because you put in the code, you just go straight to the game. So you can't change that mid thing. So I'm going to start a whole new season. So I go, I go back to the fucking menu thing and I go to the options thing and uh, the default mode is hard. Really? Yeah. So, I was wondering about that because when you mentioned it at the beginning, I'm like, I don't remember ever changing it. Yeah, so, like, how much harder could it be than what I was playing? You know, 
None. <laughs> so yeah, imagine how easy easy is. I don't know. Like, you know, like what mm. is easy if you can win every time? It's kind of a bummer, you know? Yeah, and I mean, most, most NES games, sports games, you get to a place where you, because it is all just, can I figure out all the cheeses and like, yeah. just how do I break the code and you become reliably a winner. But, you know, you still, bases loaded for for sure. Like I said, there's things that you just can't, like the, the side art, there's things you just can't deal with. You lo I lose bases loaded all the time, even though I've been playing it for fucking decades. Tecmo Bowl every now and again will pull some Tecmo shit on you and fucking Bo Jackson or some shit for fucking 100 yards on the running <laughs> running backs. Are, running backs are always way overpowered, you know? So, like, you can still get fucked every now and again. But this, like, by, like, the, yeah, 10 games into it, I'm just like, this yeah. is just predictably every yeah. time, you know? So I was kind of bummed out about that, that it did not have a more difficult level yeah, that's than I've been that's kind of when i that's kind of when i lost interest and i was like all right not lost interest like i don't like this game like i would definitely say this is a game i could just pick up and play you know the game is is just short enough to where it's almost like i'm playing a couple pvp matches of halo you know where I, in that same time frame where i'm gonna jump in spend yeah. some time i've played a game so not lose interest but more of like okay i've got the game figured out and i know how it's how it's now reliably going but when we play two player, that's when Just, everything switches up, and I could I could. It's a completely different draw. game. Yeah, yeah, for sure, completely different game. Yeah. And, you know, every sports game that way, playing a human being is obviously better than playing 1989 Nintendo AI. <laughs> 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 go, go, need right. to be said. So yeah, for sure. So yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the two player mode. Uh, other than, <laughs> other than that. <laughs> Whatever, man. All of my home runs were longer than that. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, it was such a. It was such, I like. I like. I hit so few of them. I wasn't not at all. I mean, you saw. You could see my reaction in real time. It's so good because uh, it's so fucking truthful. Like I was not sure at all that that was gonna be a home run until it said home run. You know. And yeah, it was just. It just sneaked over Actually. the fucking over and just inside the foul pole too. Like in every way, it was this close to not being a home run. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was fucking great. Yeah. No, that was good because you were jacking some balls. Like if I, I couldn't put it too well placed on the plate at all because you were like nailing it. So I had no choice but to like drop sinkers and curveballs. Or if I'm going <laughs> fast, it's gotta be like you know. Anytime I tried to like, okay, I'm gonna put it more over the plate just to vary things. You were hitting it. You were crushing it, even if it went foul. So I'm like that second oh, game. Fuck. The first one was a fucking pitching duel and a half. But the second yeah. game, I, I got I got a little, especially at the beginning there, I got a little hot. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, but like um, even the fielding, that was the most the funny thing for me. Your very first hit, like I had a great that was fucked, diving, yeah. diving You were like play, diving back and forth. Yeah. It was and I like, I'm whole, it's only because I'm hitting the controller. And that was my only down, like the only thing that I was frustrated about. I was like, if I'm, instead of pressing it all the way to the right, I'm like a little bit in the middle and it go, it throws it to home plate instead of first plate. Yeah. Oh, that was so frustrating. Specificity is key, Jay. Specificity <laughs> is key with 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 input, yeah. with with uh computer input. They they don't like they don't like imprecise input. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So the I, I new Yeah, yeah, I had a fucking blast, man. I fucking love love head to head NES stuff. It's so cause it is, it's just like, you know, there's just like I don't know, there's something about the it's such a closed track of possibilities you know mm -hmm. like the number of variables of outcomes of input at the nas level is so much more restricted so the psychological battle that you have with the human player is so much more of almost rock paper scissors you know 
that you don't like. Whereas, like, if you play, if we were playing the show or whatever the fuck modern baseball game. Like, it's like a, such a nuanced thing that like you can get so much better at it. There's just so much yeah. more about it. You know, like NES games are just so narrow in the way yeah. they function that like head-to-head play is so much more of just like a very minute guessing game, you know, mm-hmm. that, that is, is something about it is really fucking really enjoyable for me. So yeah, I love fucking, I love playing these games on NES. It, it really is. Like when you think about it, there, were, I, there was so much thought in my mind where it was like, okay, I'm getting him with these, like left curving sinkers, but I can't keep doing it or he'll like get good at it. So I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but then it was like, I got to go more over the plate, but I don't want to. Cause you know, it was like this constant, like, all right, well, how do I, you know, where I've got, where am I going yeah. next? You know? Yeah. No, that's yeah. Fucking, and that's so much fun for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the pitching cheese thing definitely doesn't work against human players. So we've said that already, but it should be reiterated here. You definitely have to, yeah, you have to find, you have to, you have to game the person and yeah that's mm-hmm. just so fucking fun uh in a game like this and yeah those fucking those 36 to 50 mile an hour pitches you were throwing were so fucking frustrating man. dude that was great but it, it was fun because it was working but then the minute i would try to throw a fastball and i and it's like 66 65 and i'm like so then i like obviously sub him out bringing a new pitcher and immediately like 100 miles an hour like whoa like yeah. that type of even just switching it up, like I just need some more speed because he's getting, he's starting to like crank the balls now. Whereas yeah. before you were getting, you were getting struck out. Now you're making contact. It's getting a little too close yeah. for comfort, you know. Yeah, which is and again yeah. the, the simulation thing, like that. You know that that's that's how baseball works, man. You know the fucking that's how it should work for sure. Yeah, yeah. pitcher endurance is so such a big part of just the strategy of baseball. You know, properly managing that is is such a big part of of, of baseball strategy that it's cool to to get it properly in any way shape or form into a rigid old video game like this it's a good job so yeah we so we played two games jay playing as the hated and overprivileged prick new york yankees myself as the tribe as as you might have guessed and game one pitted yes aces aces tam tom candiotti and andy hawkins was the fucking was the yankees ace i guess in a pitching duel featuring 32 total strikeouts between us so we both were fucking uh dealing <laughs> we, we were dealing on the pitch in front of that game that first one and i ended up coming out on top two nothing one of those runs came in the first when you were still getting your sea legs under you so i'll grant you that the other one i think was relatively bowed in like the fourth or something no yeah so that was the first game and the game two was a little less close and i yes i hit that the 360 foot one uh foot two run <laughs> Two run Corey Snyder dinger that just eked its way over the foul uh, inside the foul pole and over the left field wall and blew the game wide open in the top of the first. And I'd go on to win that one 5 2 to take the series. Um, so that was our head to head play as far as the actual outcome goes. I played it a little more so and also have the I think probably more RBI experience in general coming into it. So yeah, so you know, you don't have to think it's not think you don't have to think less of yourself, Jay. <laughs> don't even, don't it's even funny sweat because it. don't even sweat it, bro. Dude, we, I, I still don't remember. We can play Double Dragon 2 if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> That's the funny thing. I was like, uh, I sadly saw this coming. Like, somehow, you know, because, again, I got used to the game, and I'm like, somehow he's going to get, like, focused and, like, beat me. Like, I, I saw this coming. So I'm, I'm not surprised at all. But, like, <laughs> I still don't remember what NES game I played when I was a kid since they all have, like, the same directional situation generally i'm like what did i play it wasn't this game like it was it it definitely wasn't sim heavy like this you know it was definitely more simple and i still can't figure it out one of these days i will but this is better it wasn't mlb baseball was it have you you fired that up the shitty ljn one 
It's so no, bad. I haven't. I hope not. Yeah, it was very. I feel like it was more basic than this for sure. But well, MLB baseball. Is it may basic. have been. Yeah, <laughs> it may but have been. It's a pretty shitty game. So I, I, I'd, I'd hate to hear that your childhood was fucking. Well, I don't know what. Mar- marred, marred by that game. <laughs> it's a really bad baseball game. was game theme one bringing us into our favorite section the verdict where king loric bestows or does not bestow his <laughs> oh i mean i think it's the best baseball game on the nes that i've played you? i i have <laughs> i have yeah i'm it's fun like i said i would add it to our Games with playing list. I think it's there. We did add it. We did I already did, add it. What yeah, saying? We, yeah. Yeah. We we had the whole discussion of, of whether or not to fucking. Uh, but that wasn't after a you know the whole idea of this. This these are not cursory analyses. That list is about cursory decisions on whether or not it's just fun to pick up and play. This is a decision as to whether or not someone would want to buy it, invest a substantial amount of time in it, recommend it to others, which is what we're kind of doing here. You know. So yeah, it's a, it's a little heavier of a decision we're making than, than that list. I think, and, and I mean, I, I would definitely. Say that, yeah. I mean, if you enjoy baseball games at all, it would be really hard, particularly the head-to-head, you know, because of mm. again the, the nuance of it. Like we mentioned, it gets a little easy on the one-player front. I think after not long, and that's kind of disappointing because, I mean, as I said, I've been playing baseball level two for thirty years, and I'm still, yeah, get pissed off <laughs> playing that game. But you know, also if you don't, if you don't, maybe if you do the simple thing of just not letting yourself cheese on the pitching front, if you actually throw varied pitches uh, and not do that, then this game probably wouldn't be infinitely harder you know so and that's what i did and yeah so i'm constantly in my head thinking like what am i doing next what's the game plan because even the computer would seemingly adjust to those things sometimes so i yeah i I have nothing i really don't have anything bad to say about it honestly yeah me either yeah i mean there's yeah there's it's there's some nes shit here and there but like again within the spectrum of nes shit like there's there's just no downsides to it really baseball wise you know it's it's funny too because looking at the the manual at first, there the manual is so big compared to what we see, and so I was originally it's a just those, those like, stats, yeah, those yeah, stats, right. you know. That's what I found. But at first, yeah. I was originally like, "Oh my gosh, like is this going to be so, <laughs> so much to deal yeah. with?" Like right, yeah. I I don't even know my eyes are glazing over. But like in practice, it's not that way, and no, it's yeah, yeah, it's easy. A, to, it's easy. There's to eleven out. pages of actual how to play this game in in the thirty two. So yeah, it's. It's uh, 10 pages of learning and 20 pages of depth are, are like team management depth. You know what I mean? To, to deal with. So, I mean, that, that's a pretty good, that's honestly, that, that's a, that's a good description of the ratio of like what the gameplay is because the simulation aspects of it are, you know, like you read in the reviews and stuff, like a big part of what makes this game differentiated from, from many of the others, you know, and, and that, that's a good, you know, you don't need to engage that if you don't want to, you can just fire it up and go, you know, also, yeah. which is, which is a, a good, that's a good balance that you, you would like to see, particularly out of a sports game. You know, yes, you want to have those options. Do I want to play franchise mode? Sure. On my own, but I also want to just be able to pick it up with a buddy and just have a fucking blast and turn it off and not think about any of the dumb shit in between those two times, you know? So yeah, man, it's fucking, I, I just, I, I don't even know how I, I, I would, Someone trying to formulate an argument against 
giving it the blessing. I would, I would love to hear that because I just I can't even imagine where you would start to get a foothold. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. It's so. it's like when we started playing this episode. Like whenever we approach these single game episodes where we're focusing on one game and evaluating it, you know, oftentimes when I sit down to play it for the first time, it's like, all right, let me really prepare. Let me get my notes ready. Let me get, you know, ready, ready to get into it and experience yeah. it for the first time. Whereas this, like I turned it on and just played and then I was able to just come back and play again. And I was like, okay, you know, like it was just yeah. very easy to immerse yourself into and not feel like you have to like really get invested. Sure. Whereas a lot of games now you're like, all right, let me, how, how long do I have? to learn this game do i need like two hours like to really learn it whereas this i was like in it and it was yeah. good immediately yeah and no, i mentioned that via in our in our chat throughout the week uh, yes like it's just not that this has any bearing on someone's fucking whatever the purpose of king lord's blessing clearly not everyone's podcasting about this game but yeah like they i i love <laughs> I, I forgot so it's bleed the steel is the only other sports one we've done like this and i just love how yeah it's not you know usually yeah, i have to sit at my computer and i'm taking notes every fucking two seconds with this i'm just like sitting over on my couch playing the game and like Every now and again, something will happen. I'm like, hit start, get up, walk over to my computer and like make a note and then go back yeah. and just keep playing. It's just like, it's a very different process on that front for us, I think. And that it's a really fun and freeing experience yeah. relative to some of the more intense, like Fester's Quest is like every fucking that yeah. enemy. Got to talk about that enemy. Got to talk about fucking that boss. Got to like talk, figure out the strategy that I did and make sure I fucking recount it all and like have something to talk about about that topic. Like this is just like baseball and like you're writing, writing down anecdotes, you know, um, yeah. so and the awesome. controls are pretty intuitive, like except for the yeah. controlling multiple people thing, which even then and, you still and base get right. Used apparently, to we it. never brought it up. We never brought up the base <laughs> right. Apparently, yeah, you're just you just I can't believe I mentioned that that you didn't think that you didn't know that you could run back. Oh you're like, like whenever you hit a pop fly, you just like concede, like oh, well, because I was clearly <laughs> pressing the wrong button, and maybe I pressed the other because I tried both, so I don't clearly I did it wrong. Because well, you gotta I like to you gotta like roll yeah. it. It's like a roll. You gotta like start where they're going and roll back. You know, it's not just hit second because you gotta tell who you're trying to take back first. You know, so and, that's and, and that's what it was. You know, yeah. Because I caused the player to stop running once, and I was like, I didn't want that to happen. You know, so <laughs> that's the last like, thing. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not messing with it again. Yeah, yeah super. <laughs> I just didn't yeah. take the time. To figure and out. it's funny because that is just yeah, that is just how all they're all, they all are. So it's so funny for me. Yeah, so funny. Still good time. Okay, well, that's uh, RBI Baseball 2 for the Nintendo Entertainment System. And, Jay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next up, Nintendo Power Issue 12. Excited about that. My second issue in my subscription uh, timeline as a child. And you can subscribe to the pod on the platform provided by whatever dumbass company that serves up your pottery. Please rate and leave positive shit for the pod on that podcast platform of choice, or any other for that matter. The website is nyehentertainment.com forward slash isohpod. You can email us directly at isohpodcast at gmail.com if you want to talk shit to us or tell us we're doing this wrong. You can follow the pod on Facebook and or Instagram and interact with us there. And the link to the YouTube gameplay videos playlists are all in the show notes as well. There's the iOS ISOH subreddit if you want to get down on Reddit. And the Instagram handle is actually ISOH pod as well. And you don't, uh, rather we don't have a Patreon, but if you'd like giving money to things podcasters tell you to and would like to do so at our direction, the Able Gamers Foundation creates custom gaming rigs for gamers with disabilities. And that is cool as fuck. AbleGamers.org is where you can find them. Jay, what are your socials? Gentleman JB without the second E. That's my gamer tag. That's where you can find me I'm on the socials when I'm posting. I am on Instagram at my shift key is broke. I'm on Twitter at Josh Follen. My gamer tag is two minute Todd. And I hit a 360 foot foot dinger with Corey <laughs> Snyder uh, against Jay in head to head RBI baseball too. Okay, bye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>
word? Well, on the economic, yeah. on the economic analysis front, uh, we already did that baseball stadium hot dog math in the Fester's, Qu- Fester's Quest app. Well, well, let's fucking just let's just start all over again clean here. 